Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. installment of the Run to Daylight podcast for the second Get in the Ring draft. We've got a bunch of guys on the podcast like last time, and we are going to be doing a $77 FFPC draft. My name is Todd Burrows. You can find me on Twitter at Todd from PA. That's Todd with one D. And if you want to get in on an FFPC draft, The best way to do it is to get on one of the threads where we uh, talk about the draft and and complain about one of our drafts. We'll tell you to get in the ring. You DM me on Twitter, and I'll get you on the list. Actually, if you just DM me, I'll get you on the list. You don't have to be a jerk. So we're halfway through the first (laughs) round. I want to uh, introduce all the people and my co-host for the day. But first, I want to thank our friends over at the FFPC, Uh, They are a big supporter of our podcast, and we're doing this in partnership with the FFPC and along with uh, TQE, who I work with. And uh, the big news out of FFPC right now is that the next big date is for the main event for all of you who are Uh, want to know your early draft slot announcement. All teams which are fully paid by Monday, July 22nd will be eligible for the early draft slot announcement and will receive their FFPC main event draft position on Monday, July 29th, 2019. So it's a great time to register for the main event and get your draft slot weeks before the drafts begin so you can start getting ready for your draft. All right, so we are already done with the first round here. Uh, No big surprises. I think maybe the biggest one is uh, that Ertz and Kittle went on the turn to the Dirt Rope Boys, who's uh, Stephen Young. He's one of our fans. The 11th spot, another fan, Timothy Olsen, took uh, Melvin Gordon, not concerned about the news. The 10th spot is a high-volume best ball player that I'm friendly with. He's been on the pod before a few times. Seth Inselman, he took Odell Beckham. Mike Stanowski, a high-stakes player, took uh, Joe Mixon at 9. 8th spot, Brent Kaz, uh, FFB Kaz on Twitter, took Devontae Adams. Elliot Christ, who's co-hosting this episode, if I give him a chance to talk, Uh <laughs> From TQE, he took Travis Kelsey in the seventh spot. The winner of last year's Pros versus Joes contest, Caleb Alcorn, uh, sixth spot, took DeAndre Hopkins. In the fifth spot, I took David Johnson. Uh, Pretty happy about that one. And 
I'm having a little trouble here. Where are you? There we go. All right. So in the uh, fourth spot, we have Mike Sanda, Mike Sandman 62 on Twitter. He took Alvin Kamara. L, uh, third spot, Jake Valsic, uh one of the 26ers, which I got to figure out what the hell that is later in the draft. Uh, he, is, he took Zeke. Barkley went number two to Dominic Rohde, one of our pros. And Brad Kirkland led us off with Saquon. I'm up next, um, and I'll need to look at the draft board. Elliot, why don't you say hello and talk a little bit about your first pick? Absolutely. So I took Travis Kelsey at 107. Um, I, I thought it was it was a situation where at the seventh pick in the draft, I knew who the top five picks were going to be. It was going to be the running backs. I didn't know the order, but I knew it was going to be the running backs. And then with the Melvin Gordon news, I knew that he was probably going to drop a little bit. So I realized that it was going to be between DeAndre Hopkins and Travis Kelsey. So whoever picked at 106 for me basically made my decision. In a tight end premium league, I'll take Kelsey over Adams, um, though I would be more than happy with Adams. And uh, So I, I started my draft with Travis Kelsey in a tight end premium league and can kind of build out from there. Elliot, tell us a little bit. You've just made a couple big moves. You run things over at the TQE. I don't know exactly what your title is, even though I work for you. Um, <laughs> why don't you tell people about the exciting news of the purchase that uh, TQE just made and some of the product that we're going to have for Daily Fantasy for the fall? And then I will come in with a code so that people can save on this product. But tell us what TQE is known for and some of the current things going on, and then we'll get to the rest of the fans. Absolutely. So, yeah, we just acquired Power Hour, which is a DFS company. So John Proctor and Ryan Hodge, I I would say, are two of the sharpest DFS minds in the industry are going to be contributing content over at TQE this year. They have a podcast. They always get the top guys in the industry. You know, the Evan Silvers, Adam Levitans, Mike Wrights, those kind of guys. And they, they host a weekly podcast, Breakdown Slates. They'll be involved in our chat. And, you know, this year we're launching our new website in about two weeks. Uh, we're going to have an app this year for football. We'll have brand-new optimizers, kind of state-of-the-art optimizers. We'll have our injury tool, our wide receiver cornerback matchups, head-to-head comparison tool. We'll have dynamic rankings. We'll have uh, ownership. We'll have uh, matchup breakdowns, you know, rankings based on the matchups every week. We'll have a pace tool to kind of really break down that week's games. Uh, you can, And, you know, this is all in addition to the fact that we'll have about 24 pieces of content breaking down DFS and betting. We'll also have betting as well. You know, we hit 60% across every single NFL pick last year and 67% on best bets. So, you know, you can find all that out at thequanage.com. Awesome. And what is the full price without a discount on the uh, DFS uh, package uh, and the betting package for TQE? It's uh, $149.99, and the betting package is $199.99. Though coming soon will be um, a joint package as well as free trials for people to kind of dip their toes in and realize what we're capable of. Awesome. So, um, if you, you know, this is the Get in the Ring podcast. With the code get in the ring, you can save on any uh, season-long DFS or betting uh, 
for you know twenty five percent off. So use the code get in the ring and save twenty five percent off of the prices that Elliot just said. I can't wait to see the new website. And if you want to get the rest of the season of our best ball that I do a podcast weekly, I have one coming tomorrow with uh, Jim Sanas, where we went through all the offensive lines uh, that uh, that for only $20 for the, the rest of the season with the code best ball. So that is what is going on. Uh, I'm up next. Um, I took uh Let's see. I took uh, Antonio Brown at 2-8 to go with David Johnson. And my boy Derek Henry made it to me for the third round. So that's an easy one. Um, so my start is uh, David Johnson, Antonio Brown, Derek Henry. Elliot, any thoughts on uh, those three picks? Yeah, I mean, you, you, you started yourself off with a very solid foundation. Derek Henry is one of these guys that – you know, the second half of the year was an absolute monster getting, I mean, this dude was breaking slates the second half of the year, or specifically the last four or so games. You know, they say they really want to get him involved. He's a guy that the more touches he gets, kind of the more dangerous he is. He's really one of those runners that basically once he gets four yards, it's probably as good as any running back in the NFL. So around the line of scrimmage, he's not fantastic. But you've really set yourself off with a nice floor and a way to kind of build off from there. Yeah, and and I and I love David Johnson this year. I missed the days when David Johnson was early second round. That to me was like taking candy from a baby early on. Um, all right, let's go over to one of our fans. Let's talk to Stephen Young out of the twelve spot. Uh, you uh, you started uh, with the two tight end theory. Um, do you do many FFPC drafts, and what led you to want to do? a two tight end start? No, I don't do many of these formats. Uh, I've done a little studying this week, and it was the the tight end premium and the way the starting lineups are constructed that led me to that. Drafting from 12, I thought I was at a little disadvantage, so I figured I needed to do something a little drastic. Uh, From looking at past year scoring, the top tight ends normally finish in the top 20 of everyone, running backs and wide receivers, including quarterbacks. So I wanted to get a little bit, try to use a little strategy to get a little edge to make up for the disadvantage of being at 12. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I, I love it. I think it's aggressive. It's different. Dominic, you're, you're a big FFPC player. What do you think about the, the rookie going with the two tight ends there? Yeah, it's um, it's a good move. I've done it in the FF, FBG um, already once this year at the similar position. I was at the 10 slot and did it. And uh, it, it, it can work out well. It just depends on, you know, what how things break three through six. I think that's important because um, now you're starting off at a disadvantage from um, a running back receiver standpoint. But you don't have to worry about tight end. And you know that those two are just high volume, high receptions. Um, probably going to outperform anyone's flex to pretty much, you know, 80, 90% of the time, you know, throughout, throughout weeks one through 16. So um, I like it. Um, and he double, he, he tripled up with OJ Howard. So he's definitely going, to the oh, right end, oh, wow. which, I, which I've done before and uh, it could work. It could kill you, but yeah, no, I mean, it definitely can work. He also took Kenyon Drake early, which is, which is, uh, a, you know, a, 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 one of my favorite players. 
the you know for yeah. value this yeah. year. So let's yeah, talk like about your draft. Know, I get a little upset. So. Oh, so it's okay. There's a little bit of a lag, and with eight people on, uh, we're going to talk over each other a little bit. Uh, There's no avoiding it. Uh, So I wanted to uh, get people to get to know you a little bit, Dominic. You're a high-stakes player. Why don't you talk about uh, yourself, your history and fantasy, and then uh, talk about the picks that you made so far? Yeah, great. Yeah, so I've been doing fantasy now. I mean, I obviously started probably like everyone else in home leagues, um, mm-hmm. you know, really like seven, eight years ago, and really started getting into FFPC. I found it about five years ago, and obviously hooked me <laughs> right away. But, um, you know, once I saw that there's some definite strategies and definitely edges, um, I started really taking it seriously with my cousin and one of my best friends uh, from high school, and then my cousin's uh, fiance, we, uh, you know, us four really, you know, kind of dove in and really kind of made it like a full-time thing from, uh, you know, for kind of a, our hobby. And, um, you know, I primarily um, do a lot of best balls on FFPC, but I also, we, we dive deep into the 350 FF, FBG. Um, you know, we do mul- probably like anywhere from 40 to 60 of those. And we, uh, we spend, we got a lot of dynasty teams as well. So, um, I think FFPC is great. I love the site. I think the tight end premium is a distinct difference between all the other high stakes sites. Um, cause it makes an even playing field and the strategy is much harder. Um, and you really, you really get a lot of sharp pros on this site. So, um, you know, I've done well, I've been had a positive ROI last two years, really taking it seriously, hoping, obviously hoping to increase it this year, even more. Um, when you, when you say that you do a lot of FBGs, uh, I know that there are guys who uh, do over a hundred teams. So uh, can yeah. you clarify for us what, what, what's a lot for you? Yeah. So I'm not as, I'm not up there on that level. Um, it's just hard from a management standpoint. I mean, some guys have the, you know, they have the will skill and time to do it. Um, I, you know, working a full-time job and still I have to, you know, kind of limit it, but I do do, I mean, we do probably around, you know, between me and my two buddies that do the FBGs, we probably do close to 40, um, which, you know, at any given time I'm managing 15 of those on top of my 12 dynasties and then all the other best balls that I'm doing, um, you know, obviously no management there, but, you know, so I'm managing anywhere from 25 to 30 lineups any given season. That That's a lot. Um, all right, so <laughs> yeah. give us a quick insight into who you've got on your team so far. Yeah, I mean, pretty straightforward lineup. I love, you know, the old cliche, drafted at top with the top four running backs. I'm sure everyone, you know, when they see their draft order, they're hoping and then they're in the top four. Um, you know, so I was fortunate enough to get it at this time. So it, it just makes the start easier. You have more wiggle room, two through six. Um, you know, I was fortunate enough to get Barkley at two. Obviously, you know, I think him and McCaffrey are one A, one B this year. Um, so I was either one is fine by me. I mean, the volumes there, the receptions are there, the work is there. I'm not worried about the Giants being terrible because it's going to be check down Eli and check down Daniel. Um, and Barkley's shown he could do stack boxes well. So I went with that. And then, you know, I was hoping for Connor or Chubb, but I'll go. They improved the offensive line, too. I think people are underestimating how much, you know, they did did at least put some effort into upgrading that line this year. Well, and I also think with Tate and Shepard and Ingram, I think that those three types of receivers are actually good for Barkley because they're going to have a lot of crossing routes. And, you know, you put him in the slot with those, 
you know, you kind of run four crossing. He's going to have a lot of opportunity. Um, and I think their passing game, their offense is going to be a little better than people realize, and especially if their defense is lagging. Um, they're going to be down in games, you know. So I, I don't see – there's no competition behind them. There's no pass catching back behind them. He's the workhorse. He's getting everything. So I'm fine with it. And that leads into the second pick and why I took Fournette. You know, some can deem it early. Um, he goes in this range, but usually in the third. But I think Fournette's the value of this year's draft um, or this year's season. I think coming off a disappointing season with injury and just the locker room issues with him and Yeldon and, you know, getting suspended from the, you know, the game and, the, you know, that's, that's really what everyone focuses on. But really, if you dive deeper, it's the offensive line was just beat up. They had Blake, the, you know, the snake who, you know, as we all know, is just I call absolutely him Blake terrible. The, I call him Blake the face. <laughs> Yes, exactly. So, you know, you might have luck with the ladies, but it never does, doesn't really have luck with, uh, you know, with with <laughs> football. So, uh, but no, it's it, it frankly is. It was just, you know, he's just. You're on the clock, buddy. I don't care what I, oh, buddy. You're on the clock. I'm going to so, go to the next person. You you worry yes, about that draft pick. Uh, I'm going to go over to our other fan, Timothy Olson. Timothy, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me on, Todd. How's the water so far with the sharks? Yeah, you know, it's it's nothing. Well, the guy to my right on the screen, I, I like his approach. Just it's different. Um, is this is this cable radio? Can I, you know, the the reaction when you yeah, you can you can drop a bomb. <laughs> um, I think you get my. Point. I forgot to set this there, one right? as I'm, a uh, as a bomb uh, zone, but feel free. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, the OJ pick surprised me and tilted me a bit, but AJ in the fourth round is a you know I, I got over it pretty quick. Um, yeah, I I, yeah, I took yeah. Godwin over Hunter Henry, and uh, I was staring at Hunter Henry, and he went the next pick. Tell us about your other picks so far. You know, I I kind of joked on the on Twitter that you know give me Melvin at eleven. I I just you know I think this news the reaction is overreacting in a lot of ways and. Um, I think everyone's got Le'Veon on their mind, and it just it, that was such an odd, rare case, and this one's different. Um, so I'm not I'm not a pro. I don't have all the angles, but I just feel Melvin will be you know his typical self. He'll get hurt. There's a lot of risk there, but you know I don't think this holdout's something that's bothering going to bother me yet. But I'll, I'll keep an eye on my exposures, and you know I play a decent volume where you know I won't overdo it. But you know to beat a group like this, getting Melvin at a four or five pick discount, perhaps. Um, might be my chance. And then Julio is my favorite wide receiver. I got him as wide receiver one. I think the top six are are interchangeable. Um, you know, who who could argue against Devontae or Odell or DeAndre or Julio or even Thomas? I think or Juju I would put in the mix too. Um, so I'm I'm happy. You know, so far it's a lot of picks to go. I usually am happy with my first four. I think six to ten to twelve is where I usually get in trouble on F F F F P C. Excuse me. Yeah, I think there are uh, a lot so, of good points made there, Todd. You know, one of them ahead. being, you know, Julio is right there with DeAndre Hopkins and Devontae Adams and Odell Beckham and Michael Thomas. Like, you know, I feel like, and, and same thing with the Barkley McCaffrey Zeke debate. It's one of these situations where we spend so people spend so much time debating these guys when there's an argument for everyone, right? And it's a situation where really, like, for Zeke or Barkley or McCaffrey not to pay off their value, they're going to have to get hurt this year. But the running back yeah, position, that can always they're happen, all but, close. I agree. But like the way I've kind of really managed it is that you know when I get one, I get I take Barkley. When I get two, I take McCaffrey. When I get three, I take Zeke because it allows me to kind of balance out 
my exposure to to them. And it's a situation where it's just like Julio. Julio's got every bit of an argument to be wide receiver one with Adams and Hopkins. I mean, Adams and, and Hopkins have that safer floor. I mean, I, I read your Heat Maps article, and those were the two guys that scored ten or more points in every game. And Hopkins and Adams has such a dominant red zone target with Aaron Rodgers that he's going to keep, you know, putting up big games. But Julio's got that that ceiling that I don't know if anyone else on earth can touch when he scores those forty point games. So. I think yep, there's and, and, and we love spike weeks in best ball. Uh, let's get over to Caleb uh, Alcorn. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at underscore cow underscore Alcorn. Caleb, how are you? Great. How are you guys doing tonight? I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm sorry I didn't get to you to the fifth round, but uh, it's just the way things are moving. Uh, were you surprised that Patrick Mahomes was there at five, five for me? And would you have taken him if he had made it another pick? I was going to take him if you didn't. I mean, I generally kind of just fade quarterback, especially in this format, but I mean, there's something about Mahomes. I do have Damian Williams. I probably would have just pulled the trigger. I might've passed. And if he was there at six, I might've kind of thought about it. I generally fade quarterback. I mean, they don't matter much in FFPC, kind of in my opinion, unless they have that rushing upside, which Mahomes definitely can, but quarterback generally isn't a priority for me unless they fall far enough in the draft that kind of the value is too much to pass up. Yeah, that's that. Uh, I, I, I might be my first Mahomes of the year in F, FFPC. Uh, so tell everyone a little bit about yourself. You're a pro, correct? Yeah, so I play a lot of high stakes, um, similar to a few other guys in here. I have a co-manager. It's my one of my high school friends, uh, my best friend from childhood that we really kind of have an affinity for fantasy. We always play in a lot of home leagues together, um, and we listened to a Peter Overzet podcast about the FFPC maybe four years ago, and it was really just kind of highlighting what the high stakes league was. They interviewed some people that kind of really gave me and my friend the sense that we could gain some leverage by doing some high stakes stuff. So we started playing four years ago and we've had a relatively positive return every year. And this year I think we'll probably end up playing five or six main event teams, sprinkle in some football guys, and then we diversify across draft and some other platforms just to get kind of action throughout the year. Yeah. Um, and you won the pros versus Joe's contest last year. That, that had to be a nice feather in your cap. Yeah, so that was a that was definitely a fun one. We took the overall title as well as our league title. Elliot was actually I was kind of looking back at pros versus Joe's, and he was in our twelve man league. Um, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, so you're talking really about are. my boss. All right, all right. <laughs> no, 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 my team yeah, died. Uh, my team died before the season started. Yeah, we had uh, we went from wire to wire. We took the lead in week one, and we kind of never relinquished it. And yeah, we were kind of pretty commanding champs throughout the whole process. So yeah, that was definitely fun. It's it's a very interesting format and you definitely kind of have to throw your darts and we got lucky um, on a few players and just kind of things fell our way. But I think in fantasy and kind of at the high stakes level, all the research you can do, you kind of have to have the right pieces fall in place and just kind of build rosters that are kind of successful in the correct formats. Yep. Yep. Real, real uh, quick, tell us a little one bit thing of... I do want to say, Go ahead. Oh, I, I got smoked in that pros versus Joe's league. I did get Kamara in the first round and McCaffrey in the second round. And I got Jared Cook in like the 13th round. Uh, I don't want to talk about any of the other picks, but I just would like to say that those those three picks were great. Well, I reached for uh, <laughs> two guys. Uh, one of them was Mahomes, and the other was Galladay, and they both still were fantastic values. But my second, third, and fourth round pick all got hurt. Uh, 
hindsight being 2020, two of them maybe shouldn't have been the pick. Uh, I got, uh, I got sniped right before and I froze and I took Devante Freeman and then uh, third round, I took uh, Olsen and fourth round Rudolph. So Rudolph didn't get hurt. He just sucked. Um, so I'm looking for I some had, redemption there. I had Jordan Howard, Rashad Penny, Darius Geis. This is pre-ACL tear. Uh, Chris yes. And Chris Hogan. And there are a lot of guys that I felt like I got a good values, and um, it didn't go You're, you're up next, <laughs> by the way. Uh, let's go over to Seth. Seth Enselman is the one guy on who we haven't spoken to yet. Seth, how you doing? Oh, pretty good. How, how about you? Yep. Uh, Seth and I met uh, with FF Couch Coach when I first got started, and we've always been in a lot of leagues together. <laughs> yeah, because we we do a lot of leagues, so. Yeah. So uh, tell us about your uh, tell us how many best balls do you average a year? Um, usually between three and 400. I've been doing it for about four plus years now, close to five. And, uh, yeah, just kind of fell in love with it. I I've always loved fantasy football and drafting and stuff. And best ball is like perfect for me. So. Yep. And your ROI has always been good. Yeah. I haven't lost money any single year I've done it yet. And usually it's been pretty, pretty good ROI. So can't complain so far. Awesome. Tell tell us a little bit about your draft while I think about who I want to take here. Well, it's completely different than what I normally do. Normally, I am super running back heavy early, and I uh, usually draft no more than four or five running backs, and then um, usually go wide receiver to fill it out, um, usually like nine-ish wide receivers because they can you know, hit on different weeks, whereas running backs are way harder to figure out. But in this sort of draft, I – Figured everybody would be going running back early, and they did. So I kind of changed my strategy, and I'm kind of going more balanced and seeing how that works here. Yep, I uh, I got a decision to make here. I think I'm going to go Daryl Henderson. All right, so uh, th- I think that covers pretty much everyone who uh, is on the draft. Elliot, why don't you look up? Uh, notorious B1G's draft and uh, give us some thoughts on his draft. Caleb, if you could look up Spree at last draft and give some thoughts on his draft. And uh, I don't know who you reach, I teach, uh, but take a look, uh, Seth, and uh, give me your, and then I'll come, we'll go boom, 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 and take a look at those three drafts. Which one do you want me to look at? Who was that, Caleb? Seth. Seth, uh, you reach, I teach. All right. So we'll go with Elliot first. Uh, Take a look at Notorious B1G. Notorious B1G. Um, You see where roster, if you click on that. Yeah, I got got you. Um, Okay. McCaffrey, Mac, Michelle... Mike Evans and Tyree Kill. I mean, the Tyree Kill thing is such an unknown right now, but compared to where I've been seeing him go a lot, 412 actually seems like a value, you know, with the, the new news. and I mean, potentially missing two to four games. It's it's really hard to give analysis on Tyree Kill. If, if, if he only misses two games, that's probably a league-winning pick right there. That's a good value for Michelle, even though it's PPR, because 
you know, the reports recently are that his knee is doing better, and we know he's going to be a touchdown machine and one of the highest-paced offenses in the NFL. McCaffrey, you know, in PPR leagues, and he's got such a great floor. We saw Mac really come on the second half of the year, and he's running behind one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Evans is one of my favorite picks this year with Bruce Arians and Jameis Winston. I think Evans is going to be locked into a really high weekly floor, and he's got that boom ceiling. And Joku's not one of my favorite guys just because there's a lot of mouths to feed, but I get it. And Vance McDonald's a guy that, you know, man, if he's healthy, he could be he could be the second option in Pittsburgh and put up monstrous numbers. So I think that's that's a good value in a tight end premium at six twelve. And Joku's yeah, the one guy I'm a little it, iffy it, on. I would have taken get him it. if he made it to me. So I, I think Notorious B.I.G., you know, or you're not biggie, but it's 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 really impressive what he's done so far. All right. Uh uh Caleb, can you give us some thoughts on Spree at last draft so far? Yeah, so I really like what Spree at last is doing. I mean, kind of his hinge point is really gonna be Todd Gurley, but I think in the third round that's to some extent becoming a steal in my opinion. I think unless Todd Gurley kind of goes down to injury, which I don't put that into my floors. I think Todd Gurley's floor is probably one of the highest in the third round. So I think people are overreacting a little bit now, and I'm probably okay with Gurley kind of in the late second, early third. Um, Ezekiel Elliott is my number one running back across the board. If I have the 101, I'm probably leading to Elliott right now. I think with what he kind of showed from a pass catching standpoint last year, that was kind of the one downside or negative I had on him, but I think Dallas is going to be potentially a Super Bowl contender. I'm extremely high on kind of what Dallas is currently doing. Nick Chubb, I think, is a great pick um, at 201. I think the volume will be there. I don't think Kareem Hunt will have kind of any issues, and Duke Johnson, as good as he is, he just doesn't really get much volume. Clearly, he's a little bit kind of short at wide receiver with Calvin Ridley and Jarvis Landry. I'm not extremely high on either of those guys, but I definitely see enough volume. Um, and he picked up Kiki Tuti, which I was actually thinking about taking at my next pick. Um, and then Evan Ingram, he swiped from me at four. So I think all around, he's kind of building an extremely strong roster. Um, pretty well balanced. I think kind of his main piece later on will just be making sure he picks up a lot of high volume wide receivers late. But from what I've seen in best ball drafts so far, that will be not a problem if he kind of targets the right guys. Yep. Uh, I'm on the clock. Uh, decision time. I could, you, I, I, you know, a couple things I would have liked, uh, but I'm just going to go Corey Davis. Um, don't love the value there, but I still think he has upside. Uh, what do you think of Corey Davis this year, Elliot? I think Corey Davis is – I mean, if he plays Stephon Gilmore every week, he's going to have – he's going to be the wide receiver one in fantasy football. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's a situation where A.J. Brown comes in. I still like Corey Davis better more in the slot, and I wish the Titans gave him more routes in there. I just think when he has a free release, he can be a really dynamic player, especially after the catch. Um, I, I think he's the wide receiver one, though. He's one of the latest wide receiver ones that you can get in an offense. You know, Robbie Anderson, who also just went. Um, that, I thought that was a fantastic pick. D.D. Westbrook's probably one of the other ones. And um, I, I think that, you know, it's a situation where you you kind of got like a nice little floor. And as a wide receiver one, you're going to be locked into target volume. You're going to get some spike weeks. And I think it makes some sense. It's, it's probably around earlier than I typically go, but I play more mostly on draft where it's half point PPR as opposed to point uh, PPR. So, you know, I have no problem with the Corey Davis pick there. 
Gotcha. Uh, all right, Seth, um, I asked you to look at You Reach, I Teach, and uh, yeah. let's go with uh, Dominic. Uh, take a look at Dynasty Kaz and give us some thoughts after uh, Elliot does uh, the, the, the next one. All right, so Seth, you go first with You Reach, I Teach. I'm sorry. Yeah, he kind of follows uh, my normal draft strategy, which is running back early, um, which I like to start. I mean, I love mixing this here. I think, to me, he's probably a top five or six running back. I got him in the second round of Scott Fishbowl, and I was super excited. Dalvin Cook, again, if he stays healthy, could be a top five, six running back. I, I love those guys. Penny, I, I really like investing in him in the uh, Seattle backfield. I I think he's going to be more of the pass catching back there. And then if anything happens to Carson, he's going to be – like a league winner. So, and then he's got Edelman and Keenan Allen, uh, which is to me like super perfect start when you're going running back early, then you get those two guys that are going to be hitting like good scores every week. So I loved all that, that I hated the Tevin Coleman pick. I have zero Tevin Coleman this year and I would rather invest in uh, McKinnon or Breda in that backfield. I mean, it's funny. Uh, Most smart guys that I talk to are the other way on that. It, but you know, it just points to that it's a it's a tough decision. No, no, I get it. I I just I really don't like investing that early of a pick in that backfield when you have McKinnon, who has the most investment from the team when it comes to a money standpoint. Even though he was hurt last year, um, and Coleman obviously has a history uh, with the coach and whatnot. But I I still think McKinnon is, is probably the best choice there and he's cheaper, and then you have Breda, who was a warrior last year, just playing through everything and producing. So they they already said that one of them is probably going to be inactive each week, and at the prices, I'll take the two cheaper guys over Coleman at that price. Yeah, I agree with Um, that philosophy for the record. When there's so much unknown, if you can get one of the pieces for much cheaper, it's the best way to approach a backfield. And Matt Breda – the dude would walk out and they'd be like his legs broken. And then four plays right there, he'd break a 20 yard run. It was kind of, he's kind of yeah, an amazing football player. Yeah. I mean, I haven't done much Brita. Uh, you know, I have, uh, I had a lot of McKinnon before the Coleman news. So uh, that sucked. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Elliot, do you, uh, did you get a chance to look at uh, dynasty Kaz's draft? Yeah, um, he's he has sniped me like four straight rounds. Um, he, I, I really was hoping for Cooks there, and then I ended up on Woods. And Lindsey's not a guy I'm particularly high on, but at six oh five, man, that seems like tremendous value. You know, honestly, the the way I would sum up his draft is value. You know, Andrew Luck in the seventh round, you see him go higher. I mean, I know there's a bunch of pros here, so typically quarterbacks go lower, but that seems like a very fair value. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, he's a guy that a lot of higher-up guys are, are lower on. But, again, mid-second round, I know there's concerns of Gates, but he should see a ton of pass game work in that offense. Uh, Mark Ingram's got a good role. Cooks, Adams, and Diggs, that's such a strong receiving core. I just think he's built a really balanced team based on the way the boards fall into him. and That's one of my favorite ways to draft is to go in with the strategy and also be able to adjust to the way the board falls. So, you know, I think he's done a really good job. Yep, yep. I uh, We did have a little bit of a quarterback run with Luck, uh, Mayfield, and Kyler Murray all going within four or five picks of each other. Uh, 
but uh, you know, there's one, <laughs> there's still one, uh, one, one quarterback in that range still on the board. That's kind of surprising that he's the last one still on the board. But uh, again, this is an expert, you know, it's interesting. There's expert drafts and then there's expert drafts with fans and mid range guys and, it, you know, you each one of these drafts more than your average FFPC draft uh, has its own flavor. Would you agree with that, Caleb? For the record, I'm taking the quarterback. You just were curious about why he's fallen so long. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, because you're, you're assuming doing that's value. you're talking about. Exactly. We're talking about Aaron Rodgers, right? Of course. Yeah, I just want to. I, I'm, I'm no, sorry, I totally Caleb. I was stuck there, and I he, he, was, he was just sitting out now there, like, uh, you know, I, I I know he's old and all. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, I think one thing you kind of notice within the FFPC, and kind of specifically just within the high stakes realm, is there's no such thing as ADP. People balls at this level, they'll take who they want. A lot of people are investing a lot of time and effort and money into kind of these leagues, so. They want to get their guys. They don't care if they're making like a cliche pick and going a couple rounds early. People can you know, they just don't really care. Um, so that's kind of what you see kind of at some of these higher stakes leagues, really kind of anything. Speaking of which, go, go look at who I just took. Oh. Yeah, that's, a, that's a perfect example. I mean, there are some guys oh. that I was targeting. I think like Austin Hooper is a prime example. I was getting him in the 10th round two or three weeks ago. And I thought I would easily get him in the eighth, and he got sniped at seven point one one. And I mean, uh, yeah, you know, was that? Right I'm taking Austin Hooper with my next pick too, and I didn't expect yeah, him to Austin go that Hooper. early. Yeah, I yeah. Think well, and, the, and, and that's the flavor of this draft is the tight ends are going early, and I don't mind. There's a couple late tight ends that I like. But, you know, if you tell me that you like uh, David and Joku more than Dallas Goddard this year, I could see why. I would disagree with you, especially with the difference in the price. Um, yeah, it's, an, it's, it's around early, but when I look at my team and I see Mahomes and David Johnson and Derrick Henry and Henderson, Antonio Brown, Godwin, you know, I'm really good at three positions. The one position I'm not good at is tight end. So, yeah, I, I reached around and took Goddard. Goddard. Yeah, and right. tight ends get slim quick, too. You can, yeah, it, well, with tight end, if you miss out early on those guys that you really – like, I believe in Hooper this year. I think he's a top five or six tight end, especially with the change in coaching. Like Who's the, this talking right now? That, this is Seth. Oh, Seth, okay, sorry. Go ahead. I, I just hard to yeah, like recognize year, everyone. Um, yeah, the coach was in Tampa Bay and obviously made huge use of the tight end stuff. So a lot of people are really high on O.J. Howard this year, but they didn't realize his coach left, and he's with Austin Hooper now in Atlanta. And I think uh, Hooper has real big upside this year um, as a young tight end um, on an amazing offense that they play in the dome most of the time anyway. I think he could be a, a huge deal in drafts this year. Whereas I, I like O.J. Howard, but – I don't like him as much as I would have if he would have kept the same coach and the same usage and stuff. So one Hooper's note on like the Falcons too is that they play they played twelve of their first thirteen games indoors. They played yeah, more indoor ridiculous. games this year than like any team ever. Who's that? This is Elliot. The the Fal- the Falcons play more games indoors this year than like any team ever. Twelve of the first thirteen are indoors. That's crazy. And they are and ridiculous indoors. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, I worry about Hooper. He just seems to be a guy that they don't target. 
if no one's open, he tends to be. So they, so Ryan will throw it to him. Uh, I, I just worry that what you saw last year is his ceiling. Um, you know, uh, Seth, uh, obviously you disagree. Yeah. I mean, take a look at his coach and um, his whoever's listening to the, to the red zone. I'm sorry, but if whoever's listening to the, uh, if you, if anyone is listening and there's an echo, uh, you can't listen to the show while you're on. And if no one's doing it, it's fine. Sorry, Seth, go ahead. No, I was just saying, uh, his coach, uh, recently and like for most of his career has targeted uh, tight ends a lot in the red zone and made more use of them. And he's, like I said, in Atlanta now, whereas he was in Tampa Bay with OJ Howard and them last year. I just, I just really like uh, Hooper this year. I think he has a chance to be, like I said, a top five tight end. Yep. All right, Elliot, talk about something while I make a pick. (laughs) Um. You know, it's interesting that there have been a lot of – there are a couple of running backs on the board right now that have had a lot of talk about them. Um, and that really? they've fallen a little bit. Yeah. Really? The, the one guy – I mean, Miles Sanders. I, I, can I name people? I mean, there's a draft. I don't – Well, I, but Miles I just Sanders Jordan is Howard. That, so, uh, was Jordan Howard the guy you were thinking of or Sanders? Well, it's just an interesting that, like, Miles Sanders was thought of as the guy, right? And now Jordan Howard, after the, the latest news, has kind of really jumped up. Um, because Sanders is said to have like hamstring issues and be behind. And, you know, people were finally convincing themselves that the Eagles were not going to do RB by committee, despite the fact that that's all they've ever said. Um, And people were drafting Sanders. We've seen him fall and Jordan Howard kind of became a bit of a value. Um, There are a couple other guys up there, like a a Damian Harris, whose value is absolutely shot up. Um, I'm about to take a guy that I don't like. Um, but I, I think it's a situation where I can't, I went zero RB with Juju, Thielen, Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods, Travis Kelsey. I have a Aaron feeling Rogers. I know who you're going to take. Go ahead. Take them uh, so I can cry. Yeah. Um, it's just a situation where, you know, I'm here in the ninth round. He's got a shot to get significant steps uh, in oh, Ronald Jones. That wasn't the guy. <laughs> we argued about this last year, Elliot. Come on, man. You, you don't want me to be right again. Mm. Well, I'm with Elliot on this one. I think Ronald Jones has a high upside. Who's exactly. that? And when I'm going back. zero RB here, I'm kind of taking high upside running backs that should have a role in their offense. I mean, they want to prove that they were right. If you can't beat out Peyton, Peyton Barber and, and what, Bruce Anderson, I mean, you're not an NFL running back. And he was tra- taken in the second round, the high-octane offense. I don't necessarily, I don't like him in redraft. Even in best ball, he makes me nervous. But at this point, you know, I'm with, with the way the rest of my team's going, I, I'm going zero RB, and I'm taking the high upside running back and hoping that, you know, something hits there. Gotcha. Yeah, there was a different running back that I'm pretty high on who's still on the board. It was between him and uh, Jordan Howard. So I'll give my thoughts on the Philadelphia. I've been loading up on Jordan Howard now for about a month and a half. Uh I know, Elliot, you were a fan of his a couple years ago, and he he wasn't great last year, but the truth was he wasn't a fit for that offense. And a guy like Jordan Howard, he's not the guy who's going to break through a hole, but once he gets through a hole, he's the type that's going to run downhill. And now you put him with one of the best offensive lines in the league, 
and they have a predication, as you mentioned, to 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 play a couple different running backs. I think he's going to get plenty of carries. I think he's going to get the goal line work on a on a really good offense. And to get a running back like that who might get 200 carries and a good offense in the ninth round, I, I, I'm always pretty happy to do that. Uh, let's check with Caleb. Caleb, am I uh, crazy for liking Jordan Howard? I know he's not a real popular guy in some of the high-stakes circles. So, yeah, I tend to just kind of fade certain spots, and I think Philly is going to be something I'm going to just fade until I get a little bit more information on. It's something as we kind of get into a little bit more organized team activities. We start to see people in preseason. I might get a little bit harder, harder stance, but I'm not generally – a Howard guy, I think he's just kind of a run forward and fall kind of running back. I like people that have upside. I like people that generally catch the ball a little bit more in this type of format. Um, I think Miles Sanders is an extremely athletic running back, and if he gets some opportunity, he might steal almost all the share away. But I think given the information we have right now, Howard probably is a number one, and you can project volume, and that's kind of what we have to do at this time of year is just draft where we think the volume is going to be. And if you think Howard's getting that volume, it's it's kind of a no-brainer pick in the ninth round, to your point. Yeah, so so here's my thought. I already have a high upside guy in Daryl Henderson. And I think one of the, the really underrated things about team building is how you blend your risk, Right. In a vacuum, I could see someone saying, yeah, I want the upside guy. I want Miles Sanders. But if you've already got a guy like that in Henderson, having a guy who's stable, and, and, and again, back to the, the Philly uncertainty, I think the uncertainty is more on a game-by-game level, right? If I had to pick him to start every week, it would scare me. As a best ball pick, however, it, it doesn't scare me because I, I don't need it kind of like the wide receivers a little later, the John Brown types, um, you know, I, I, you know, the, or, or a Robert Foster, you, you know, those guys I, I might not draft in a redraft setting because I don't know when to start them. So that would be my other thought on uh, the Philly backfield. Dominic, your thoughts on the Philly backfield. Um, I mean, notoriously, we know what Doug Peterson does, like everyone said, running back by committee. However, um, if I'm looking at the box scores come week eight and nine, I'm not going to be surprised if Miles Sanders is getting 15 to 18 touches a game and Jordan Howard is back to being what he is. I'm a Chicago Bears fan and he's completely useless. So, uh, no offense to the pick. I just yeah, uh, there's no offense. Uh, this is, that's why I asked for opinions. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Miles Sanders, um, he might get off to a slow start, but we've seen this before with these hamstring injuries. You'd rather get them earlier in training camp. Um, I like his guys pick, too, for Team 11 because, yeah, there's no way guys should be in the round eight as well. Um, they're just high upside guys that, you know, if you miss out on them, they, they miss. Even even Jordan Howard in round nine, right? If he misses, okay, you can survive a round nine blunder, right? It's uh, – it's what do you think is going to happen weeks eight through 16. That's how I tend to look at these best balls. Cause early on you're going to rely on your studs and you want those later guys to fill in the gaps on the bye weeks. Yep. All right. Let's get back to Stephen young. We haven't talked to our fan in a little bit, Stephen. Uh, I think you're doing a really good job here. Um, you know, Thank you're you, taking sir. guys, that, you know, and this is the way for those who've never drafted with uh, people like us before, uh, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Edo Smith, Naheem Hines, Kendrick, Kenyon Drake, Will Fuller, 
Christian Kirk, and then the and then the three tight ends. Um, I, I mean, I think that is uh, a, a really interesting roster. Uh, you know, what, you know, what, uh, the the only thing I can say is, you know, you're a little weak at wide receiver, maybe, but overall, I like his t- your team. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, I'm a big Rotoviz fan, so. A lot of my players come off of their articles, the second-year guys, all the young players. Um, the tight end stack was just simply taking advantage of the format, I feel like. The 1.5, and I can technically play three tight ends at a time. Uh, so, I and like I said, I'm drafting from the 12 hole, so I'm trying to go for a little upside. I, I haven't done many of these FFPCs, but it seems like uh, – the quarterback runs get pretty hot and heavy at times. So I wanted to sort of get a jump on that. Uh, and I'm fairly comfortable drafting the zero running back type players and the best ball type receivers. Only having to play two of those as well, uh, 28 rounds, I should end up with a handful of receivers. And technically I only need two to play a week. So I'm sort of shooting, shooting for the moon. I don't mind if I finish in the last place. <laughs> no, I, I, I look. You, you drafted. You know, we can argue about the the style points, but uh, it's you know, other than the one guy that I wasn't crazy about, it's hard to argue with the the actual players that you're taking. Um, Elliot, what what are your thoughts on his draft? Which team is his? It's uh, Dirt Road Boys. I mean. He he's got the greatest quarterback of all time, Baker Mayfield. But on a serious note, I mean, you mean you he's know, got the greatest quarterback of all time in Kyler Murray? No, I I, <laughs> did, I agree to disagree. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's got the right zero RB approach, right? Edo Smith, Neon, uh Hines, and and Drake is a big time. Drake is a bit of a reach, but it's not like he was going to make it back to him. And that he's swinging big, right? I mean. George Kittle, Zach Ertz. I think Ertz's volume will drop a little bit. Kittle's going to struggle to match that efficiency, but I think his volume will go up a little bit, at least with Jimmy G and OJ Howard. And I get that Kirk Cutter's not there anymore, but we're talking about a guy that's averaged over 16 yards per catch in his career. I mean, he's he's as explosive a tight end as we have in this game, and I really think he's ready to take the next step. His big thing is health, so he really went all in on tight end premium. I think Kirk stacking him with uh, Kyler Murray makes all the sense in the world. Will Fuller is a high upside guy where he's got wide receiver one ability if he doesn't get hurt. I mean, that's that's a big risk. And what what I'm guessing his strategy really is going to be here is to win at quarterback and, run, and tight end every week and to try to mix and match wide receivers and running backs to kind of make up for those remaining spots. And like you said, it's a first or last approach, but it absolutely could work. Yep, yep. Thank you. Uh, d- uh, uh, okay, let's talk to Timothy. Timothy, uh, how you doing over there? Just trying to keep up, but I'm um, enjoying the uh, opportunity. Enjoying the banter? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, trying to make little notes like, okay, don't repeat that, don't repeat that. Uh, you know, a, a lot of things people are saying just make sense. Um, yep, I do and- like what Steven's doing at 12. Um, and he's kind of got, you know, I, I took Hooper thinking he might take a fourth tight end. He's got me off my game. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's it's – it just it, guys are dropping more than I thought. I do like Cooper a lot. I'm not going to repeat everything I said. It's you could just you know hit ditto for that. Um, but Geis and Sanders, 
I mean, you guys kept talking about Sanders. I rarely draft him, but I, I don't see him that late. So, um, and then on the end, I, I'm mad at myself for not taking Reed. I really like Jordan Reed this year. In there's no way he was coming back to me. I mean, I you almost have to have like a go two rounds early when you're on the end like that if you want a guy. Um, but you know, I, I got Sanders, and, and I just didn't want to get stuck at quarterback, so I took Jamius. I think Jamius could be top five, and you know, if he's going to be any good in his rookie contract final year with um, you know, the new coach and, and all the weapons, this this will be the year, right? So, I don't know. Yep. I'm feeling good. I feel like I'm still in it. Yep, you're you're, you're definitely still learning. I mean, uh, you, you're, you're doing some some decent things, and then this is a tough draft. It's a tough room. Uh, boy, I I got this guy way on the top of my board right now, but I really don't need the position as much. Uh, ah, screw it. Do uh, it. Yeah, I, I needed some justice. I would have preferred if you didn't. <laughs> what? Well, yeah, I would have oh, preferred if some of these rookie running backs stayed on the board, too. I mean, these last 12 picks, a lot of very, very good rookie running backs, Damian Harris, Jalen Samuels, Justice Hill, are picks that I was hoping to get in the next few rounds, and this is Caleb. So I yep, have yep. some work to do since I went zero RB. Yeah, well, that that's the danger of zero RB, especially in the type when when you don't know the room, right? If you're in a typical FFPC, you can look at ADP. Maybe one goes. Uh, one of the biggest surprises of this draft to me, uh, one of you mentioned the fact that, uh, you know, and I talk about it on every FFPC pod, more than any other site I play on, the FFPC has run, positional runs. And we really haven't had a, you know, the, the quarterbacks have come off piecemeal. Uh, I'm not, I haven't looked at the draft board. Let me look at the draft board, but. I just yeah, got my I favorite mean, late round quarterback. It, it, it is. I, that's who uh, I was hoping to go. It, it is, uh, you know, we, we really haven't seen uh, a tremendous uh, quarterback run like we do and to your point, Caleb, it's been the running backs who have kind of uh, been the ones who've been going instead of some of the quarterbacks. Caleb? Yeah, running backs have definitely been flying. I mean, I've done quite a bit of 35 and 77 best balls in FFPC. And, yeah, I mean, generally in kind of like the 9 through 13, I'm taking the Justice Hills, the – Jalen Samuels, I mean, a lot of those guys that have a potential upside that you kind of have an unknown, and my guess will pick up steam and probably get into the rounds we're seeing them go as we get into preseason games one and two. So it's, yeah, it's a little interesting. I'm definitely a big zero RB guy, but, yeah, this draft is not too conducive to it, and I think when things don't necessarily go how you think, you just kind of have to try to look for volume and potentially take players that you're not necessarily high on but are just projecting out to get some run and just hope that your projections are right. And that's one thing that's very important to understand when you draft with more experienced players, that your ADP doesn't matter. And that, you know, that, I, you know, I got a lot of heat for taking Derek Henry at two, two in a three fifty FBG with uh, Nelson Souza with Hubbard and, you know, uh, crack rock and a bunch of these, you know, Jeremy, a, a, a bunch of really high stakes guys. But my feeling was, you know what? Go get your guys. The worst feeling, and it played out in that draft, and you just alluded to it, 
the worst drafts for me are the ones where I'm trying to play value in a non-value draft. And, and then you end up with five or six guys on the five board that you normally don't draft. But they're, they're there, and you've got a minute and 30 to decide which one of those guys that you really don't like has fallen enough to make it worthwhile. Uh, those are the drafts I tend to hate. Dominic, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. Um, you, you can't be shy. You can't. I, I think the biggest mistake, you know, especially when I first started off, was like you go off that ADP way too much, and then you get caught with uh, you caught in the headwinds, right? I mean, it's, you're you're winning on a position. You're looking at ADP, and the ADP doesn't match, and you're stuck, and you can be left with nothing. Um, you know, so I you got to take your guy, take him early. I mean, I took Eckler in the late eighth round. He's been going in the eleventh, but with the Gordon news, it's like, look, I'm just gonna take him. So, you know, it's a big upside play. But I know if I waited another round or two, I probably wasn't getting him um, with some of the other pros back there. So take your guy, you know, live with the results, and then uh, you can you, you can make up on the back end. There's always guys that are value in a position later. Well, and that goes to, again, looking at your team as, maybe I'm not using the right word, but amorphous, right? In other words, I know I want a certain amount of risk in every team, but if the board plays to me where I don't need to be risky early, that means I can be riskier later, Uh, and vice versa. If I'm not real thrilled with the guys that I got early, then I'm going to be more aggressive to take uh, high upside, uh, low floor guys late. You wanted Deshaun Jackson, I guess. Deshaun Jackson. Sorry, Elliot. Seth, I'm not mad at you. It's a great pick. I mean, that's. I was just debating between him and Dak Prescott, and I it, I wouldn't have cared if he went one pick after. But then I was just sitting there. I was like, is he really going to make it back to me? And I started getting excited. Um. That happened and of to course, me my in other uh, guy, I, the fishbowl a couple times. You never thought man. he'd be there, and then it's one pick away, and you're, then you're excited, and it's like, ah. Oh. Dynasty Cad, I would really appreciate it if he would stop sniping me. Um, so that's James I, Washington. I was going to try to stack the Steelers receivers there. Because um, that's one of the things we haven't really talked about is the ability to stack offenses outside of just the quarterback and wide receiver, quarterback, running back, quarterback, whatever it is, right? Getting a couple of wide receivers on the same team in a high-octane offense like the Steelers, for example, where I have Juju Smith and James Washington, where it's going to be tough if the Steelers score a lot of points through the air or Ben Rossberg does much that I one of those guys doesn't have a good game. So, you know, I, I think that when we talk about stacking a lot, we talk so much about stacking, you know, quarterback, which I just did with, like, Dak Prescott and Michael Gallup, but – there's also just stacking offenses in general where you can kind of get one high octane guy and then kind of throughout the rest of the draft, knock out a couple of the, the lower, the other guys, the higher variance guys in the same offense. So that, you know, if the Falcons or Colts or Packers or Steelers or Cardinals or Browns or whoever, whoever the high octane offense is scores a lot of points that week, there's a good chance that you have at least one, possibly two or three guys that, you know, are putting up wide receiver one RB one tight end one numbers and you can really kind of, you know, jump up boards that way. You know, that's a very sure. interesting like topic for discussion. Here. That's a very interesting topic for discussion here. Um, my feeling on stacking is it's not something that I chase, right? 
I, it's something that within a tier, if I can do it, I do it. But I'm not going to take a suboptimal player to make a stack. That being said, I'm willing to stretch that a little bit in uh, a format like FBG or a format like the draft uh, tournament because I feel like that's what you need to get to win a million dollars. In a, in a single draft like this, um, uh, um, uh, the 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 uh, value I'm willing to give up to get the stack is less than in one of those playoff formats. Who was about to speak? Uh, you could finish that's what right, you were Sarah, saying. Right, What's that? Uh, I said that's fair, but go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no go no, ahead. No, uh, whoever was, stuff, uh, was speaking. Saying, like I agree. Like I try and do stacks all the time in best ball. Like whenever it falls into place, rarely unless it's you know, in one of the best ball championships or one of those types of things, do I like, you know, like go out of my way to get it. But it, so many of them fall into place for you. Like this year, you can get a huge Carolina stack. I mean, the fact that Cam Newton's going to like the 10th, 11th round is ridiculous. You can get, you can get McCaffrey if you get that early pick. And then you can get either more or Sanders and Cam. Sometimes I mean, both. like that's, yeah, sometimes both. It, it's ridiculous. And there's other, Parts of that one of my favorites this year, I hate to say it, is like Cincinnati. Like you can get AJ Green and Tyler Boyd, who are, could both finish in the top 24 wide receivers easily in the first five or six rounds. Sometimes, along with Mixon at that first turn, and then Dalton's like a 15, 16 round quarterback. So, like there's so many good stacks that you can make easily without reaching. Those are just yep. like a couple examples I have. So. And I and I agree completely. Like I don't reach on James Washington. It was just a situation where I thought in the twelfth round he had value. I already had Juju. It was a situation where I could kind of count on a Steelers wide receiver every week. And I mean Juju is obviously the higher end of that. But and I do agree with you, Todd, that the best ball championship is different. Because it's well, the, not a situation the, the, where. Yeah, it, the 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 amount of value I'm willing to give from my most optimal player to. Make like I'm willing to go a full round to, to make a stack, um, you know. And and you t- want to talk about cheap stacks? How about the Cardinals? I mean, you know, I still I still don't think people realize just how, uh, you know, I just I I don't think that people realize just how uh, fast of a pace and how successful this Cardinals offense could be. And if you get DJ at, you know, at certain times you could get him at eight or nine, and then you can get Kirk in the sixth or seventh, Kyler in the eighth or ninth, Fitz in the ninth or tenth, and there's some other guys. There, there, I agree with whoever was saying it. There's four or five teams that I think are really stackable late. And if, I think if the Eagles are one. The Eagles, are the, the Mike already said that. He stacked Wentz, Jeffrey, and he got Rivers to go with Mike W. and Henry. So uh, Mike is doing that in this draft. He said that on chat. Uh, who did I take? Oh, I took uh, – I forgot who I took two seconds ago. Um, I just took Tyrell Williams. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's get back. Uh, but I, I think the stacking discussion is very, very interesting, and it's a real good strategy point Uh as far, especially in, I think it has more value in uh, in in the playoff format. So, uh, let's see who hasn't gotten a chance to talk in a bit. 
let's go back to Seth. Uh, Seth, th- thoughts on stacking and uh, and how you tend to look at it? Well, like I said, uh, stacking, I do a ton of best balls every year, and I, I always look to stack, and it's nothing I reach for in regular leagues, but when I'm talking about, like, the draft championship or those types of things where you have a chance at winning, like, the big prize for having the best score, I go out of my way to do the stacks there. And there's a ton of uh, great stacks that you can get normally that you can just reach a little bit for in those types of scenarios um, that are, I think, worthwhile because not only are you trying to, you know, just make it to that final four weeks or whatever, you're trying to, like, maximize for those final four weeks. So if you're stacked at that point, you're going to have a much better chance. If, if, you know, if your quarterback or wide receiver goes off, the other one's going to go off too. So you, you're at a much better position to do well in those types of things if you if you do that. And there's some probably four, five, six different teams where you can do that reasonably easily without reaching too far. But reaching is not a bad thing when it comes to stuff like that. Oh, hold on. Got a draft here. All right. So, yeah, like I said, Bengals is one of my favorites. Uh, Carolina. Um, there's some others like I think Goff is a great quarterback choice this year with the whole situation with the running back there. Um, I think he is going to be a little bit undervalued compared to what they're probably going to be doing this year. Um, and you have Woods and um, Cooks for the first part of the year that I think will probably be their, um, you know, higher higher output guys. But uh, once Cup recovers and he's back in the rotation, I think Cup. Again, he's their best red zone target, and he's a good second half of the season type of guy if you can get him a little bit later. And he does go third out of those guys, even though he does go kind of early. Got it. Uh, Yeah, I I, I think this is all really good stuff for the people listening. Uh, Let's go back to Stephen Young. Stephen, tell us about some of the last picks that you've made since we we talked uh, last to you. Well, I went heavy running back trying to make up for lost time. Uh, just added you, some you more mean to you the drafted Arizona fat stack. running backs? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, hopefully these are uh, smaller, quicker guys. Uh, went back to the Arizona. I know that I'm only trying to beat 11 of you, but like you say, I feel like Arizona is going to run a lot of plays. I think their defense is going to be a siege. I love uh, what you're doing. So you're doing what I normally get... do. <laughs> well, that sounds good. Uh, if I can follow in any of the analysts and pros' footsteps, that's not a bad idea. You, you added Isabella, and, uh, to, who I almost took instead of uh, Tyrell Williams. You took Isabella, Kirk, Edmonds, along <sighs> with Kyler. Um, I mean, if they're who we think they are and your tight ends do what they're supposed to do, you could be very, very dangerous in this thing. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to have some weeks where it's ugly, but I'm hoping to have, with it being best ball, I'm really hoping for just some monster weeks to make up for the weeks where my team just falls flat on its face. Because I am not balanced in any way, shape, or form. Uh, But I'm just looking for those spike weeks. So. Yeah, I, I, my stack just went to hell. I, uh, I took Tyrell Williams thinking that Carr would make it back to me. And uh, our other rookie, Timothy, 
uh, in the immortal words of uh, in the immortal words of one of the South Park guys, "You bastard." That was actually a pretty solid impersonation right there, Todd. I'm impressed. Uh, Thank you. Uh, I'm on the clock, aren't I? On the clock, aren't I? Yes. Yeah, can we get that impersonation? While Todd's on the clock, I'll just say, Tyrell Carr is my favorite stack that you guys are talking about. Carr, if you read an interesting article about (laughs) regression. And And I got AB, too, so I really wanted Carr. (laughs) <laughs> but his attempts last year, his touchdowns were underperformed based on his attempts. Where like Mahomes was off the charts. Who's this speaking, the by the way? I'm sorry, I can't recognize every voice. Who is it? Sorry, I should have said that. This, this is Tim who took your car. I, he's my favorite. You bastard! Be... <laughs> um, but I like Tyrell too. I have over 35 shares on Best Ball Tens right now of Tyrell Williams. So I got to stop drafting him. Uh, all right. I just took my first. Uh, oh, oh, I've done over a hundred best balls so far, and I just got my first share of Noah Fant. I didn't know uh, you were doing that many. You mostly oh, yeah. doing them on draft, right? Yeah, but I mean, every time I get bored, I immediately just hop on a draft. I'm the same way, and it's disgusting <laughs> how convenient it is. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, uh, speaking of, you know, one, one thing I did want to talk about, are there any of you guys on here who go to Vegas? Yeah, I do. It's Caleb. I've gone out to Vegas every year I've done in the FFPC and it's quite an experience if you can afford it. Uh, Dominic, do you go too? Yeah, this year I won't be going, but I usually did. I've, been, I've gone uh, previous years to it. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, me, me, my cousin Frank and Jerry, my buddy Jerry, go out there and we draft the, you know a couple teams each, and it's uh, it's a good time. Yeah, I, I I everyone that I've talked to who says once you do it, it's like it, it kind of reminds me of a few years ago they had a conference in New York Roto Grinders. And I got to meet Evan Silva. I was brand new. I hadn't even started my podcast yet. So this is four or five years ago. And I got to meet literally everyone. Drew Dinkmeyer, uh, Evan Silva, uh, Adam Levitan. And you just sit around and talk with these people. JM to win. And it was. It, it, I said to myself afterwards, this is the most fun. This is the best thing that I've done for myself in my adult life. You know where I I spent money and stayed in New York and and for the conference, I I really really boy Anthony Miller had been out there forever and I kept passing on him and now he's gone, uh, but uh, I hear that the FFPC is like that. Uh, uh, Caleb, would you agree? Oh yeah, it's so much fun. I mean, it's thousands of guys. You walk into probably the biggest ballroom at Planet Hollywood, which is where FFPC hosts this. And yeah, I mean, it's just thousands of guys sitting at a table. You have draft girls that are putting all your draft picks on the board. It's, I mean, in essence, if they were to potentially make a movie about fantasy, it's probably what kind of the draft room would kind of feel like. It's just really luxe. It's really lavagant. It's extravagant. It's, it's fun. And it's nice just to get out there to your point and kind of talk to just a lot of people, get different opinions. I mean, everyone has an opinion and everyone's willing to kind of talk to each other. And it's just a really friendly atmosphere, even though you're competing against each other, it's a group of people that have the same interests and are kind of there to get the same type of experience. So yeah, it's something that is probably 
other than my daughter's birthday, it's probably like the number one thing on my kind of to-do list every year. And it's something we'll continue to do, me and my co-manager, as long as we're playing in FFPC. That's awesome. It kind of reminds me a little bit as you were talking. Does anyone remember that old uh, video of the B-Girl? And she was run, you know, the whole, uh, what was the name of that uh, band? The, you know, Blind Melon. Blind Blind Melon. Melon. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and at the end of the video, she finds a bunch of people. She finds a bunch of other people dressed like bees. That's what I thought of when you were talking. It's like in, in my life, nobody is into fantasy, like even an eighth of what I am. Like even people who play are just like, dude, you're insane. And then I can imagine going to this thing and it's just like my people. Like my yeah, no, I think this will be the last year I don't go. I'm going to go next year. Especially after hearing you yeah, guys I mean, talk I, about it. Yeah, I, mean, I, I need to win some, some money. threads on Twitter with Fantasy Mojo that's kind of talking about the difference in making money between drafting live and drafting online. And there's, I don't know, from what I'm seeing this year, a little bit of people pushing back saying that most of the money and some of the advantages of drafting online I mean, you do get a little bit more time to draft. I think you get an extra minute online compared to in Vegas. So, I mean, I will say there's potentially some, like, true edges drafting online. Um, But the experience, from my standpoint, and, I mean, I think it's a little bit overstated per se. But, yeah, I mean, Vegas is just an amazing experience. And being in Vegas on opening weekend with thousands of dudes that just love and crave football in the same hotel, it's, it's it's quite a fun experience. You're a bee. And, and the football exactly. is the honey. <laughs> um, we're going to have uh, one of my uh, f- online friends uh, join us in a few minutes, uh, Wheeler. He is one of the better people at uh, predicting, uh, prognosticating stats, and he's going to come on and give us some thoughts on the draft, some teams that he likes. So we're going to have uh, uh, Wheeler come join us. He's probably going to be in the next draft. He he was uh, in the original 12, couldn't do it, and then it turns out that he could do it. So, uh, yeah, he'll be on uh, in, in a couple minutes. Uh, let's see. Uh, Dom, Dominic, uh, what, what, let's talk about your uh, your team a little bit. What, what are your thoughts? Um, you know what? It actually <laughs> – um, you know, obviously I don't like Greg Olson as my tight end one, but he'll do for now. Uh, but, I mean, I, I'm happy with it. Uh, Cooper Cup, late sixth, I think. Oh, ho- hopefully he uh, can foot the bill for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, whatever. I'll take I'll take five random flyers later. Um, but, uh, yeah, Montgomery in the fifth. I'm super high on him this year. DJ Moore, obviously. I think everyone in the industry is pretty high on him as a breakout candidate. Um, Robbie Anderson, absolutely. Um, he's just going to be peppered with targets there. Um, I locked in the Eckler-Justin-Jackson combo just with the Gordon uncertainty. Um, I don't see him playing one more snap for the Chargers. I think it's either he's traded or he's holding out like Le'Veon Bell did. So I got that backfield locked in. I don't have to pick and choose in best ball to start, which is a beautiful thing. Quarterback's fine. I'm good with Goff and Cousins. Um, you know, Westbrook, Allison, great. I'm, you know, in Bailey's a lottery ticket. I'm, I'm happy. Um, I wanted Singletary. Obviously, Mike sniped me on that, which kind of irked me. But other than that, everything, everything's been 
pretty nice. The draft has just come to me and I just kind of, you know, I wanted to take tight end earlier, but I can't, I can't take, you know, tight ends, um, you know, over guys that fall that I like. So um, just got to make do with it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Elliot, some thoughts on your team? Um, I think everything's going to come down to my running backs. I mean, but that's what happens when you do zero RB, right? I mean, I don't like Noah Fant. Fant. I don't like drafting. No, no, no offense. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Travis Kelsey is going to be a tight end one, what, 14 of 16 weeks this year. So, and he puts up wide receiver one like numbers. You know, Juju, Adam Thielen, Woods. I think they're such weekly high floor guys. Gallup stacked with Dak Prescott. Tyler Lockett, you know, he's got his efficiency is probably going to drop this year, but with his, uh, you know, targets raising, he, I think he's a really good best ball player this year. And then I tried to, you know, Lamar Miller is boring, but he's going to be involved in a high octane offense. Thing. You're up buddy, by the way. No, I know. Um, Lockett, wide receiver one, book it. Yeah. I, he's absolutely got that potential. You mean the and top I thought 12 I wide receiver? What's that? You mean when you say a wide receiver one, you mean a top twelve running yeah, wide receiver? Yeah, I think he could be top twelve. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Um, I think he's an amazing pick in the fifth round. I took him. And then I Rogers took, fell to me. Prescott's I, my I, favorite late round quarterback. It all. I mean, I tried to lock in the Tampa Bay running back. Like I forget who said it with the Chargers. You know, obviously that's a Melvin Gordon dependent thing, and hopefully he doesn't get traded to the Bucks and ruin that whole thing. Uh, but Cohen, I still think is going to have a lot of value with, I really like Montgomery this year, but I think Cohen and P- full PPR is valuable. Miller's boring, but I think he's valuable. And Samuels, if something happens to Connors, I think he's going to be super valuable. And if not, I think Samuels could play some, you know, H back, some tight end, some slot wide receiver. I think he can be valuable and I think they like him. So I like him in the 10th round as kind of a punt in a zero RB situation. And I just grabbed Kenny Stills, who has an opportunity to be the wide receiver one in Miami. And if Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starter, which all signs point to, the way he likes to chuck the ball down the field, I think that really matches with Kenny Stills' Kenny Stills' skill set. Yeah, I, uh, I I like Lockett and Godwin about the same. So uh, when they were both there this draft, it you know I I, I kind of keep in my head who I took last. And I took Lockett earlier today in a $25 draft. So I, I took uh, Godwin. I, I've got them real close. Yeah, I think, I mean, both Hello, guys have tremendous potential. It's a, it's a situation where Lockett is, I mean, his efficiency has to drop. It just has to. I mean, a perfect wide receiver rating when it was targeted last year. I mean, that's, that's a, it, it can't go up, right? But his volume, his big playability, the fact that he's now been healthy for a full season, we know he's an explosive player. His entire career, he's been a deep threat. Wilson throws the deep ball as well as any quarterback in the NFL. The Seahawks offense is like the fact that they're obsessed with running the ball and are confused what century it is, is something that can hold him back. But, you know, he's a guy that consistently goes in the fourth round. And to get him at 507, I just thought that was a screaming value. And it really fits my zero RB team where I think I'm really, really strong at wide receiver. Yeah, that, that that's good stuff. Um, 
you know, this is, again, uh, one of the notorious run areas of the draft. And um, it, it's a little more stilted, again, than most of the FFPC drafts. Uh, I decided uh, instead of taking a guy on a lower tier as my second kicker to take the Jacksonville defense, um, I think they're going to be the best defense this year. And I, I, I think that uh, they were going four or five rounds earlier in every draft last year. So uh, something a little different. Dominic, uh, what are your thoughts on kickers and defenses and uh, everything I just said? Well, yeah, you need them. I mean, they can be – it's the game changer, right? Um, you know, like I'm taking one right now. I'm taking the Bears. Um, it's just – you need them in your best ball. You don't have to worry about starting them. Um, they score points. I mean, can you ever um, – I, I threw a Jason Myers drop 33 last year in a game, like late in the season. I mean, that's a difference of winning and losing. So, you need them. You got to have them. Um, just depends on when you can take them. You hold out as long as possible. And you just uh, – you, you, you try to get, you know, two to three of them um, in best balls to make sure that – um, someone's scoring for you every week, but I agree. If you can get a good one early, you take it. Now you don't have to worry about one for a little while. So, I think you're up, uh, Seth. Uh, any thoughts on what's going on uh, recently? Seth? Yeah, sorry. It's okay. Um, I had stepped away for just a second because I was cooking some food and. <laughs> No multitasking uh, when you're well, drafting. I mean, only an idiot does right? a full podcast with eight <laughs> people while he's dr- – oh, wait, never mind. Exactly. Well, I can, I can definitely say that um, I was pissed at um, Rhino and Dirt Road Boys for, like, doing that little kicker run when I was planning on taking, like, three of those guys before they did. So that, that was disappointing. But, yeah, usually I like to get um, a for sure, like, high-end top five, six, like – kicker on a like, good offense early in this and then kind of grab one or two others after that. But it's, it's a little different in here. This is the only one you have to worry about kickers on, so you never know. And these guys probably have done a lot more of these than I have this year. Like, literally, I've done, I don't know, 160 or 70 best balls on, on uh, my other site. But on here, I've only done, like, four or five. So I'm not as familiar with this site and the runs that come, so. I yeah. I uh, hate I hate that we have to draft kickers. I've I don't same. believe kickers are people. I mean I just you know obviously they're people, but it's, it's just a situation where, and I get there's an edge and but everything. They're just not good just, people. <laughs> I just um, I think it's best ball where you don't have people. Yeah, I think in best ball it's not the best thing, but in the main event I think kickers are a huge edge that you can get in kind of in high stakes, really leveraging some of that stuff. I mean, Greg Zerline probably won us tens of thousands of dollars last year, um, and we kind of went a little bit early on him. And just having some of those positional advantages that we really kind of talk about at other areas are true across every position. So while the value is not there, you can still maintain and gain a lot of value from your team standpoint. And I don't One disagree of my first... with your logic or what you're saying at all. Yeah, what you're it's saying just is an emotional thing. I just don't and, want and... to deal with figures. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 that is and that and kickers and defense are a big uh, a big area where you can gain an advantage uh, simply because most people, even smart people like Elliot, 
aren't interested in dealing it. So, uh, you know, that's why, uh, you know, I've been this year for most of my best balls taking two of the big kickers. And uh, because what ends up happening on a run is, you know, uh, if you get two good kickers and let's say you have the 10th pick and the second, uh, third pick coming back and you take Zerline and Justin Tucker, you know, most weeks I should have an advantage at that position. And then lesser kickers are going to go for like 18 of the next 25 picks. So really how much less of a wide receiver running back tight end or quarterback am I going to get than what I could have gotten if I hadn't gotten the kicker. That's my theory on how to do it. Uh, That's why you'll find me often starting runs rather than because I, I hate finishing a run. I hate taking a guy who I don't even know if he has a starting job, but I need a kicker. So I'm taking him. Uh, I, I feel that's a way to get yourself eliminated. Uh, I, let's go to Caleb. It's one of those situations those. too, where if you have a pick at a turn, you know, being able to take two defenses or two kickers, two top end guys is, you know, I, that's one of the things I really like about the turn is you can kind of really control that. Yep. Uh, see no one called in yet i guess wheeler is tied up let's uh let's no let Devontae the, parker <laughs> our friend timothy talk a little bit timothy uh what are your thoughts on some of this crazy crazy high-end kind of uh stuff we're talking about uh it's fascinating um you know back to your the vegas conversation it's for all the reasons you guys described, you know, I've been to Vegas for different events. Um, it's kind of a bucket list. Maybe if I, I can build up a little of a, a nest egg here, um, I could justify the trip, but I, I definitely that's, that's a bucket list item for me. Um, but, you know, I, I saw some of the chat and the kicker stuff and I just, I, I've been on the bad end of the quarterback runs on this, on the FFPC. I've been on the bad end of the kicker runs and it's just kind of like, what would you, what's going to upset you more? What outcome? So I just, you know, I feel like Jamius was a bit earlier for me and, and the Tucker Bucker, I, you know, I feel like I've locked in three, two of the top five kickers. Um, and, and, and I can just kind of wait to the end, maybe to add a third if I want to, or, you know, with those two, maybe I don't. So I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm treading water here. I feel like I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm hanging with the sharks, if you will. Uh, I would say that's a, a very fair assessment. Uh, Steven. Yes. Uh, some thoughts. Uh, I I like what I'm doing so far. I'm I'm getting a little more comfortable as the draft's going on. I got a lot of the targets I wanted for running backs. I've got a lot of the best ball type receivers that I would probably never pick in a managed league because I have no idea when they're going to catch nothing or a bomb for seventy. Uh, so I'm for the format. I'm I'm pleased. I'm happy with what's going on. Awesome. All right. I uh, I want to bring in uh, FF underscore Wheeler. He uh, does fantasy rankings and analysis for DraftWise.com, contributor to Pyromaniac.com, uh, and a buddy of mine online, Wheeler. Uh, first time I ever got to talk to you. So hello. Hey, how's it going? Good to be here. Yeah, nice to have you on. Uh, 
you're going to take part in the next one, hopefully. And uh, you've hopefully. been following along on the draft board. Uh, give us some of your thoughts on the overall draft and how it's moved and uh, maybe some of your favorite or least favorite teams. Uh, <clears throat> it's been moving pretty quick. Uh, I really like uh, some of the strategies being used uh, by the three and four team. They're almost going identical through at least the first 10 rounds of the draft or first nine rounds of the draft. Uh, they deviate a little bit. Um, I really like the way they build their teams, not necessarily with some of the receivers they've picked, but I, I like the way they went about it. Um, uh, Elliot Christ is, he's, I like the way he's maneuvering too. Um, I would probably have gone like with Moncrief where he went with Gallup uh, because of what he was talking about with the uh, Pittsburgh stack. Um, and I just prefer Moncrief to Washington this year. Um, I and so. I love I love the way uh, Dirt Road Dirt Road Boys is building his team, um, really using the uh, boomer bust, win it all, or come in last strategy. Um, I, I just like the the players he's thrown together and how he uh, stacked Arizona there. Yeah, I just want to say, Todd, that I think this guy's super sharp. You know, I, <laughs> that's I, why I, just I brought him a situation on. where you brought in an absolute expert that really knows how to identify good teams. I I, 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 I paid him twenty bucks and he didn't even talk about my team. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I I love the David Johnson pick. I think we were both on him pretty hard when he was uh when he was in the second round. Um, but yeah, I don't mind taking him at five overall either. Um. Uh, and then coming back with Antonio and your boy Derrick Henry, that's great too. Godwin, I, you know, in a draft like this, getting Mahomes in the fifth, you might as well. Um, he, he'll never last that long in a, a regular fish draft. Um, I kind of think. I mean, I like the way I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of Godert. Um yeah, he could end up being something, but it, I think it's really going to take an Ertz injury. And uh, Jack Doyle, I, I really like him when he plays, but does he make it through the season healthy again? How much does Ebron start to take more of a role? Um, and then they've got that the big behemoth tight end, Mo Alley Cox, who's always going to be there to vulture uh, a thing or two. I love the Justice Hill pick. Um I just picked him, I think, in the 12th of the uh, Scott Fishbowl. So uh, I, I I tend to reach for him a little bit, but uh, I think he's going to be not quite obviously what Kamara was to Ingram in uh, New Orleans, but it, he'll play somewhat of a similar role. Uh, his pass catching might be a little bit hindered because he is a running quarterback, but, yeah, I, I, I still think that uh, Hill's going to get plenty of opportunity this year. Yeah, well, and and again, um, you know, I I think I, I you know, you look at my team, and you know, in this format to have Goddard, Doyle, and I took Josh Oliver because I got sniped again uh, on uh, on a Cardinal, and uh, Ricky Seals Jones <laughs> went to you reach I teach, uh, but um, you know that 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 could really hurt me in this league. Uh, you know, if, if Josh one of Oliver them could be a sneaky pick too, um, I, I got 
thoughts on, I mean, something else you could still do at tight end, but um, I, I kind of like Josh Allen. Yeah, and the twenty bucks becomes forty. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'll DM you what I'm thinking. No, no, but, don't uh, DM me. That, that, that's okay. No, no, I won't. I won't. <laughs> I got. I, I got. Um, I got. I'm certainly names. not gonna. <clears throat> I'm certainly not going to say, but, and we all have names. We all know what's lingering out there deep and what we like. So yeah, I do like the uh, Josh Oliver. Uh, pick, nobody though. I want to go to warring with. <laughs> wow. Todd, I just, I, I'm mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I don't know what you're talking about. I listen. You're See, a bad pun away Elliot, from blowing my draft. If you didn't, if you didn't react at all, nobody would have known. You could have just let that one go. Yeah, but I mean, listen, I, I've had a couple of white claws, and at this point, it's it's difficult for me not to react to the what's going on on the draft. Yeah, that's true. Of course, Dynasty Kaz has you all flustered, doesn't he? Oh, uh, this dude snipes me every round. Dynasty <laughs> Kaz, I don't, I I wish I remember which what your name was. I apologize. Um, it, you were having a hell of a draft, Brett. Yeah. Um. He has sniped me at least five or six times. You also have, I mean, you, you, Curtis Samuel is probably my favorite value this fantasy football season. He's becoming Ooh, less yeah, and they, less of a value, but right. the, Curtis team, Samuel, yeah. when, when, the nine and 10th round stuff in, on draft was just, you know, I felt like stealing. Yep. Yeah. This draft definitely sets up differently. You have to, you're going to have to get Samuel in the eighth if you're going to get him. Um, yeah, on draft, he's been creeping up on there too. Um, just some, you know, some wise guys sharpshooting. Yeah, I mean that's what you have to do. Perfect. Just, and that's one of the great things too. And you know, we should talk about this while while we're we're in the twentieth round here. Is that it's one of the reasons why yeah you do drafts all off season, right? So you can kind of go with the ebbs and flows of guys. You mentioned David Johnson. David Johnson in the second round has been talked about a ton. You know, especially right. in those. Uh, best ball championships on draft. And I know we're FFPC, but you know, when you're, when you grab, when you're competing against Tyree kill teams where they got him in the 13th and now he's going on the fourth. And if he plays like Tyree kill in the 13th teams are going to be very difficult to beat. So it's just a situation where I think, you know, playing in the off season and being able to adjust the ebbs and flows of ADP. And I understand the higher stakes ADP matters less, but you know, just being able to, grab guys at different times and being able to pass on them when their value gets too high and really take advantage of when their value is too low, I think is, is a really important aspect of best ball. I agree. Uh, let's go over to Dominic. Uh, you could throw in some thoughts on what we've been talking about. Yeah. I, you know, I do a bunch on the draft myself, uh, the draft at the $25 million maker and the mini, the $5 mini, we've done about a hundred of those already. And it, it is true. It's, it's the stock market game, you know? So um, if you're not getting those guys at the value that they're at, and then someone else is getting the four rounds later, you're behind. Right. I mean, so um, it's just doing, it's just a volume play. If you do it recreational, you know, you can take the guys you want, but if you're doing multiple, multiple ones, you have to, you know, folk hone in on your tickets, spread out the top guys. Cause those are going to be more, those are going to be closer in point scores. Um, and then just hope, you know, just continue to, uh, you know, focus in on the guys that you want late and, um, that's really what that what makes that's what separates you from winning and losing. I think more so 
um, than the top guys in the first four rounds because those guys are all going to score decently outside of injuries and things of that nature. I could, yeah. I could not agree with that sentiment more. That's, I think yeah. that's the exact way to approach those best ball championships. Well, you, you, you know, I, I'm going because it's a tournament format. I'm going a little heavier than I normally do. Um, I've got guys in the 35 to 38 percent range where uh, doing fan ball the last couple years, I I haven't had a guy more than um, I haven't had a guy more than uh, 23 percent in two years and had great win wins. But I'm not trying to grind out a profit on best ball on on uh, draft. I'm trying to to go deep in a tournament. And uh, and stacking and, and picking some of my favorite teams because I'm not a 150 guy. I'm not going to get. I'm not going to put play that many teams. I'm I'm more of a lower stakes guy. So I um, I do that. Uh, but uh, you know I, I I agree with the sentiment that people. Who's your, you know, people, who's your highest on guy on uh, on um, draft for the best ball? Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry right now. My the thing is for me, I think it's easier. The later the round is, the easier it is to control your exposure to someone, right? Because the first four round guys, it really depends on where you pick on how you kind of get those guys. For me, it's Robert Foster. I got a uh, I got a lot of Robert Foster too. Uh, there's certain people these drafts. I I just I just find that there's certain people here. I'll give you my I own um, in the tournament. I own Kyler is actually my number one. Well, that's why I think. All right, Kyler is my highest owned quarterback. I got 41% Derrick Henry, 38% Donta Foreman. Right. So my I, 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 I own a shit, I own a shit pot of AJ Brown and Christian Kirk. AJ Brown to me is just he he goes in the 17th round, 18th round of those drafts. I, I mean, I, I take him almost every draft. See, Kirk was one of my highest on guys. He's fallen off now that he's instead of going in the ninth, he goes in the seventh. Um, my highest on quarterback: Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Cam Newton. My highest on running backs are David Montgomery, Chase Edmonds, and Duke Johnson. Um, I really, honestly, you know, it doesn't really match with this draft, but I really think Duke Johnson ends up in Tampa Bay. My highest on receivers are Robert Foster. I would love that. Curtis Samuel so Johnson. You guys have both been doing, sorry to interrupt. You guys have both been doing a ton of um, best ball drafts for years now, like I have. I don't know. To, to me, the best ball championship is not that big of a change because I've always gone for, like, best ball 10, you know, MFLs before they switched over. It, it's all, like, winning. Otherwise, you get, you know, second place and you get a, a free draft. So I've always been about maximizing my team and stacking and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I'm, it, it, I think it's just coming into play now in those where it should have been for a long time. And, and what I'm doing, it. what I'm doing because I'm not doing a ton of them is like, if I love the Cardinals and there's five or six other teams, the Bucks, the, the Bengals, the Titans, you know, uh, the, uh, the, the Raiders, all those teams that I think are too cheap for the possible upside. And then I'm mixing them together 
and I'll throw in, you know, if other stacks come my way, I'll mix. Like I just did a freaking giant stack and I'm a giant fan and I think they're going to be terrible, but I got Barkley at one. I got Engram in like the sixth round. I got Golden Tate in like the 11th. And so in the 18th round, I took Daniel Jones. If for some God forsaken reason, that team makes it to the playoffs by then Daniel Jones is probably going to be starting this year. I mean, that, you know, that kind of the wild, uh, a wild thing. It was a $5 draft. That's kind of a wild thing. I would never do in an MFL 10, but in these progressive tournaments, it's something I'm willing to do. I, uh, I don't know if everyone in here knows or quite frankly cares, but in the mega last year, in the semifinals, I finished fourth. Uh, I had Zeke and Tariq Cohen. And the NFL decided to do the stat changes on Thursday instead of Wednesday like they normally do them. And they took away Zeke's fumble. And because they took away Zeke's fumble, I should have finished in second. And I would have advanced and I would have won the 50K. Or I would have finished in fifth or whatever. Oh whichever God. place got 50K, fourth, fifth, sixth, whichever one it was. Um, and because they updated Zeke's fumble a uh, day late, um, I won $3,000 instead of $50,000. So, oh, my gosh. That was just uh, a freaking nightmare. <laughs> but <laughs> we're going right back at it this year because I'm getting that million-dollar top prize, right? Some, someone, someone at least say that it's possible, so I feel a little bit better about the situation. It's possible. Thank you, uh, Peter Jennings won last year, didn't he? Yes. You know so, what's hilarious? What? Peter Jennings' team that won. Oh, actually, no. He would have finished in third because I would have jumped him in the second round. Oh, but it, that God. was a t- he beat me by one point in the 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 previous round, and it's and I was watching that week so intensely. Like Devonte Adams dropped his only touchdown pass the entire year. Zeke's fumble. Tariq Cohen. They they gave him seven less yards than they should have. Like there was all kinds of different random plays that happened that week. And obviously, listen, that's that's fantasy football, right? In a nutshell. It was just the fact that they did the stat change a day late, kind of. That that was a that was a gut punch. That, that's the type of thing, and that and the NFL did that. Yes, another draft. draft. The NFL through through fourteen weeks, all their stat corrections were updated by Wednesday, and week fifteen they decided to do them on Thursday. That's that, that's when you wonder if you've said enough prayers in life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I, I, I might have to be sharing my opinion about that one if it happened to me. It's, it's biting your tongue. Oh, I yelled that. at Draft. That's, that's rough. I yelled oh, at okay. me, and, <laughs> me and Draft had a conversation. Um, they they gave me some extra money. They gave me some free entries this sense. year. They gave me a bunch of gear. Uh, whatever they were going to give me, though, is not the equivalent of $47,000. Yeah. <laughs> that's got to hurt. <laughs> Hurt. So oh, anyway, you yeah. guys are in the defense and kicker range. What, what guys are you targeting there? <laughs> oh, who, who said that, by the way? Wheeler. Wheeler. I I've got Jacksonville and Tennessee, which are my highest two owned defenses on Fanball. I, I think both of them are just way too cheap this year, um, and I'm probably done. <laughs> I, I I feel like you know it's nice. The the stats tell you that you should have three, uh, but if I get two, I really like I I I will stop it t- unless something happens and there's no 
sleepers I I, I like, but I, I'm done with Jacksonville and Tennessee. I, I I'm over forty percent. I think on both of them on Fanball. Now you were high on Tennessee last year as well, weren't you? I was, and they came in seventh. Okay. And now uh, they 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 were seventh. It, they, it didn't really pay off. It was okay. It didn't hurt me. Uh, they were the seventh highest scoring offense uh, defense last year. But the re- all all the reasons that I liked them last year are still in play this year. Uh, you know, you've got uh, you've got Dean Pease coming over from Baltimore. You've got the fact that they, you know, loaded up in the draft, and they did it again this year with early picks. Uh, they've got a, a – and that's why I also think their offense is going to be better this year. I, I think if you, if you ask me, you know, give me the, the, the 75 to 1 shot who could get to the Super Bowl, I would tell you it's the Tennessee Titans. And then, and then Mike Vrabel might have to cut his dick off. So I, I, I don't know if he actually, you know – Wants to win now, but uh, <laughs> well, Hugh Jackson had to take the polar bear plunge or whatever, didn't he? When he said, uh, if we go 0 and 16, I'll jump in Lake, whatever it is there. So, uh, we'll see if they win the Super Bowl, that thing's on the chopping block. We'll get Lorena Bobbitt out there. Oh my gosh, can you imagine, <laughs> Mike? Why are you talking funny the next year? What? What are you talking about? I talk fine. <laughs> uh, let's get yeah, in always... again. One of our well, let's get in uh, one of our uh, uh, our fans who are, are nice enough to have come on and d- to do this. Uh, let's go back to the dirt rope boys, who has impressed everyone with his uh, aggressive style. You got three defenses. You got Philly, Baltimore, and Seattle. You've got Kami Fairburn and Lutz, who are two really good second-tier kickers. Um, you got your big three tight ends. Uh, how, I mean, you, you got a pretty good team here. I guess he's gone. Steven? It doesn't make what you said not true, though. No. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, Sorry, Timothy, hey, are you still you, around? Can you hear me now? And I took Warren, by the way, just – just because of that pun. I mean, that was my guy originally. I even yep. the funny thing is, just in case you took him, I took a screenshot on my phone uh, of him in my queue. Um, <laughs> you you went to warring on me. Yeah, it's just a situation where you know he's a freak athlete. They've said to be really high on him. You know, he's got to compete with Jordan Thomas, but and I guess Aikens too. But you know, Watson's always loved his tight ends. Ryan Griffin was a guy I took a little bit at the end of drafts last year. He didn't really work out, but. Um, I think Waring might actually see significant playing time this year. And if he does in that offense, it's a situation where in the 22nd round, if he becomes a Texan starter at any point, that, you know, I think he's, he's value. Yeah. I don't disagree. I think a lot of the guys, I think a lot of the guys that FF statistics are on him too. Um, Oh, that makes me talking good about him. Um, I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, there is a isn't Jordan is a Jordan Thomas still in his second year there. Yeah, yeah. and he 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 play, he looked good. Yeah, I, I don't think he's an every down tight end, but I think he's that pass catching slot kind of uh, move tight end. Uh, Jordan Thomas being um, that might limit Warring's upside 
this year. The the tight end that I kind of had on the back of my mind is actually off the board now too. Is Will Disley. Um, he started out hot fire uh, last year and got hurt. Um, one of the reasons I'm on the, him though is uh, there's a pro scout, Dave T. Thomas, and he spoke up Will Disley. He, he owns and, Wendy's, um, right? <laughs> different, different one. Uh, but he spoke up Philip Lindsay good, and Will Disley dead, last but... year. <clears throat> so I, that just happens to be one of the guys I like. Sorry to interrupt there. Will, no, with that, the, look, Will Disley, uh, I think you know he's got upside because he's gonna be. He should be the starting tight end in Seattle, right? He, like you said, he played really well in his rookie year, coming off an injury. The the biggest concern in Seattle is just the overall offensive volume in general, right? Um, with with in terms of just pass attempts, there's there's not that big of a pie. Um, oh, that Will Disley was such a big name, and then he played the Bears, right? Do you, do you remember this Monday Night Football game? And I did the showdown slate, and this is another situation where I was winning a bunch of money and then didn't. Um, <laughs> I had zero. I had I I put a hundred entries on Fanduel in, and my five hundred was winning. Uh, $5,000 on the going to the last drive. And the Seahawks decided to throw five passes to Will Disley, including a 20 yard touchdown pass. And my $5,000 turned into 20 bucks. <laughs> so I understand why you're high on Will Disley, but I have a, you know, I, 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 I have a big he, F you he, in my heart he, to Will Disley. <laughs> he literally disleaved you. Yes, he did. Um, but, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm one thing, happy. Oh shoot, I'm on the clock. Um, not anymore. You you got Randall Cobb. Oh, that's good because he was my last guy on my queue. But um, Ned, I uh, I'm joking around, but I really think that it's it's really important, and I see this all the time on Twitter. When you're like, this guy burned me in the past. That's cool, but that's not really relevant. You know what I mean? You can't just eliminate a a guy or a role or whatever it is because you had a bad experience with him in a week in DFS or even like he got hurt three years ago when, when you drafted it, it, like, it's Twitter at its worst, but it's how people draft. I know. And, and it's, it's, it's why I think I'll always make money playing fantasy football. You know, the, the first thing I learned, like I, I started playing fantasy football in 1999. The first thing I learned was I, I you know, if you, you know, if, if I hated the Cowboys my whole life, but I had a chance to get Emmett Smith in a trade that was really good for me. I made the trade. And it sucked rooting for Emmett Smith, but guess what? I, I, I like winning I like my teams winning. And and so, you know, guys who have favorites or um get really bent out of shape because someone either, you know, underperformed for them one time. Uh, I mean, one of my favorite things to do every week in DFS is to look at who disappointed the week before, because, you know, you're going to probably get good ownership. People know about variants and still they let uh, a, a bad performance throw them off. Yep. I mean, it's, it's, it <laughs> sounds simple, but like, it's, it's a reality it's fantasy you, football. So like you making that joke about Will Disley, what'd you say? I think it's human nature in general. Like if you've been burned by something before, you're going to be hesitant to go back to it. Like you got to fight that if you're going to win money in this though. Like uh, if, if I 
didn't draft everybody that burnt me, I wouldn't be able to draft anybody. Right. Well, you have like, like six thousand people, people treat this like you're going back to your ex girlfriend, right? And that's not what this <laughs> is. Um, yeah, not at all. Speaking of, you know, we've spent a lot of time talking about kickers. I'm curious as to what you guys think of the the guy I just took. He, he's not a very good kicker. He's in a yeah, very good, he, he's in a very good spot. But he's right. You know, but isn't that more important than being a good kicker? Unfortunately, he's, my he's a guy. He's a guy who should have gotten cut last year and didn't when he was really sucking. So, I mean, that would be my concern. But for, for a third kick, you know, the problem is uh, 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 of the guys who are left, he's he, he, he it's a great pick. It's just my oh, yeah, I, Go ahead, sorry. I got a question. I mean, at this point, I got you a just want kickers about... that are going to be on their teams during the year. Yeah, that's and then upside, so. And that was going to be it's my okay. question like about Robbie Gold. I'm sorry. We've got nine my... minutes left, so everyone should. Oh. It's, free, it's free form now. I did enough talking. You guys, uh, we got nine minutes till the pot ends. Feel free to uh, just mix it up among yourselves. Quick question. Is Robbie Gold guaranteed to be on San Francisco? I've heard he's trying to get out. or There was an article today on that they should let him go. Uh, but right so now they're still in a standoff. Right now they're still there's a rule of thumb that Robbie Gold scores 17 points a week in fantasy football. Yeah, that's true too. He's also and got I feel the that way about Mason Crosby too. <laughs> yeah, listen, I mean Gold. I don't like any of my kickers. <laughs> um, you know, there's honestly there's a chance that Robbie Gold gets cut and signs for the Arizona Cardinals and is their starting kicker. Um, true. That would uh, be Gold. May, uh. Todd. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's why I wish I wish they did team kickers on FFPC. That's Just what they really should kickers. do, especially this time of year, like when they're in Agreed. these kicking battles and stuff. Um, I don't feel great about my kickers. I took a chance. Um, but I do anticipate that Robbie Gold and Mason Crosby are kickers in the NFL this year in general. And Zane Gonzalez, I'm anymore. taking a shot at for for if the Cardinals really run as many plays as we're talking about, the 75 to 80. And they often scores the way they do. And Gonzalez cannot can perform decently, then he's got a chance to be a valuable kicker. Yeah, it's a I, uh, everyone but, in yeah, but if you really cold. believed in your boy Baker, you would know that they only are going for touchdowns. Right, but I don't have any Cleveland kickers. <laughs> it was a joke, right? I, I, you know, you you said Murray was the goat. I said Baker was the goat. Right. Can we? There's a guy that's on the board, and I probably shouldn't discuss him. But we're in the 25th round, and if I'm blowing someone's spot up, I apologize. But is there a weirder signing this entire offseason than Cole Beasley to the Buffalo Bills? I mean, it's terrible. Like, all they do is run and throw deep. So I don't know what he's (laughs) going to do. Cole Beasley. Uh, And and he's got, like, a lot of truthers. Uh, well, out he's in good. The world. He's solid, but not. You can't. I mean, of all the receivers, the last two years, far the though, he didn't do with. much. And then someone will give me? you he's stats got, on how efficient he was while he wasn't catching the ball. They've got Robert Foster, who was ridiculous, probably one of the top ten receivers in the NFL while he was playing last year, like production-wise. And then they have 
an offense that runs the ball and throws it deep. What the hell is Cole Beasley going to do? Nothing. And, and I, I mean, I, there's the reason why he's on the board. I just, like I just a white my mind Zay Jones. Cole Beasley and Zay Jones, uh, were, were they separated at birth or something? Zay Jones had a good good stat line towards the end of the year, but it's, it, it goes back to what they do well. And John Brown and Robert Foster really fit what they do well. In terms of, like, QB2 stacks, I mean, I really – I don't mind Josh Allen, Robert Foster, John Brown, because whenever they do connect totally. deep, I'm going to be able to take advantage of it. It's going to be him running and then chucking it long, and those yep. are the two guys are going to be catching it. So, Kobe Lee can just fade away. It's not good for NFL purposes, but from a fantasy perspective, so good. It's great, especially DFS. I, I do want to mention before we finish uh, again our friends over at the FFPC. Uh, $35 best balls this year. There is a prize for second place, which would have made me a good bit of money last year. Uh, you get a, a $35 credit if you come in second this year. So the rake on the 35 is. Uh, really, it's a great it's a great uh, rake this year. Um, you know, we're doing all these drafts on the FFPC. You can go to myffpc.com, sign up, uh, get in a 35. I think you'll enjoy it. Also, I want to uh, talk once again about my partnership over at the TQE. You can see me and Elliot uh, agree on everything except my puns and uh, Ronald Jones <laughs> uh, and. Uh, he is, uh, you know, we're really putting a lot of effort into giving you great content during this year. John Proctor, as mentioned, along with um, his partner, now his name, Ryan, uh, Ryan Hodge, uh, and Elliot, and the betting. Um, you can save 25% off of uh, either of those packages with the term get in the ring. If you want to get in the ring, you want to have this experience, uh, DM me on Twitter. And uh, we'll have the draft board up after the draft. Guys, we got like three minutes left. Last thoughts. Um, uh, my last pick was just Paul Richardson. Last thoughts are um and uh, he, got it. Yeah, I don't understand why Paul Richardson is, like, not being drafted in anything right now. Like, he, I got I so Paul much Paul Richardson this year. I have so much Paul Richardson. I, I, I kind of started dialing it back because – the negativity got to me a little bit, and this draft I went a little more upside late. But I mean, and and, and I I got uh, Haskins as my third quarterback. I was really happy to get him. Uh, I was I was thinking I might only go two, but in the twenty third round to get Haskins, I mean he's going to be better for Paul Richardson than Alex Smith uh, ever would be. Would uh, wouldn't you agree? Well, he can't I be worse. <laughs> I had what about um, up. Ryan Fitzpatrick this year? I just took him in Scott Fishbowl. I got a super stack going. I got Gasecki, Stills, Fitzpatrick, and Drake. Like, if Miami for some reason is able to put that offense together, I'm winning Scott Fishbowl. But, like, <laughs> isn't it a situation with, with Fitzpatrick? Like, he fails all the time and he fails epically. But the way he yeah. fails is great for fantasy football, right? And yeah. we saw that in Tampa Bay last year. The Dolphins, and they're not very good, don't get me wrong, but they're going to be down a lot. He's going to be chucking the football all over the field. 
Josh Rosen is a part, reportedly pretty far behind Fitzpatrick right now. I think he's a, a decent dart throw at the end of drafts as a QB3. Now, uh, like for that. those who uh, – we can stay on. We're really close to the end. Uh, we're going to go off the air in 60 seconds. But um, for people who want to follow later, uh, we can finish the pod, and uh, it's only going to take another 10, 15 minutes, I think. And then you can follow uh, – the, the finished version of the pod will have the last 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, so if uh, if everyone wants to stay on till the end, we can do that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I was going to say, uh, Elliot, make sure you take uh, Equinemius, please. You know what's hilarious? I, it's hilarious Who? that he's in my queue right now. I didn't have to search for him or nothing. That's amazing that you called. You said that. The, uh, what Equinemius? Yeah. Um, uh, I hate to do this to you. Uh, uh, whoever, who is the Will Disley fan? Wheeler. I just took the guy who uh, is actually going to catch the passes, maybe. Jacob, right. yeah, this is how you know FFPC goes deep. It's when we're taking guys like Rod Smith and Jacob Hollister. And, uh, I, you I know what I think is hilarious? I like. is that you reach, I teach. Took the, the name you reach, I teach. Took Brashad Perryman. When you talk about a reach in the NFL draft, the guy cannot catch a football, but he's he's super fast. So fast. Well, everyone likes him this year. Like you're getting good blurbs about him, but I I don't I don't think that it was Brashad Perryman all of a sudden being good. I think it just makes me want Odell Beckham more. Because if uh, Baker Mayfield could make uh, Brashad Perriman a thing, imagine what he can do with Odell Beckham. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think you can. I think Beckham had the biggest upgrade of any player in fantasy football. David Johnson maybe, might be maybe in fantasy second. football history. David Johnson might be second because going from Mike McCoy to Cliff Kingsbury from a fantasy perspective. <laughs> that is, is ridiculous. Is, is gold because I, what the Cardinals were doing last year is, I, I don't know, but you know Eli Manning they missed Odell Beckham. Fired. That's what they were doing. I was making a joke earlier that Baker Mayfield would have had an extra thousand yards last year if Antonio Callaway could catch. Like, I, I and Todd Munkin. Too, when you add in the fact the way they want to take vertical shots with what Baker can do and how he can deliver a deep ball. You know, I think Odo Beckham's in for a monster year if he doesn't get hurt. If he doesn't get hurt. And the only other thing that I worry a little bit about is that Baker is so good at spreading the ball to the, to the guy he should be throwing it to. Um, you know, where uh, like Eli, when Odell was, you know, really killing it, Eli was just looking at Odell all day. Uh, but that, we're still that, talking that about was... a guy – if we look in college, though, right, we're talking about D.D. Westbrook and Marquise Brown. I mean, D.D. Westbrook won the Blitnikoff, right? And Marquise Brown really got put on the map by Baker. And Westbrook had a phenomenal target share. So, you know, I understand your lot. point. I got a lot. That, but, no, I'm just saying – I'm not. it's not discouraging me at all. Um, you know, I'm up around 15 18% on all formats on Odell Beckham. Um, 
and 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 basically I had almost none up until the moment he got traded. So I was like 50, 60 drafts in when he got traded, and uh, you know. So listen, I I, I have I have money on I the Browns to win the Super Bowl. I have money on the Browns to win the Super Bowl, and I have money on Baker to lead the league in passing. So I'm I'm in with you. Yeah, I, 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 you know, if Odell stays healthy, that is the bigger concern. If he's healthy, it, it, it just, I mean, you're more of a metric guy than I am, Elliot, as far as you know how open a guy gets. But he's Odell Beckham is like <laughs> the best guy in the league at getting open, and now he's going to have one of the most accurate throwers in in the NFL throwing him the ball. I, I, I just, it's ridiculous. No, if you have to so, guess whether or not Odell's open, he, the get the answer is most likely yes. By the way, so I now have all, I, I now have the famous uh, Pat Mahomes Byron Pringle stack. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh, you're all good. Um, based on the fact that you know Baker and Odell are going to have phenomenal years, I'm thinking they're going to be up by a lot and be running the ball a lot. So I put a little wager on my profile pic on Twitter <clears throat> that uh, Chubb, Nick Chubb would outrush Ezekiel Elliott this year. That's happened in 10 generations. But... You know you what, Nick Chubb, just, Nick Chubb uh, I'm just... is, might be a better running back than Zeke Elliott, period. Right. Disagree. Um, and, and I'm I think think Zeke's thinking the best they're... runner in the NFL. Oh, okay. And now I disagree. Okay. I like I'm a big, I'm a big Chubb fan. Okay. I'm not no drafting one knows. a ton of That's them, what she uh, said. Yeah, I was gonna say that sounds that sounds like a wild sentence when you actually say it out loud. <laughs> hey, look, man, you, 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 you don't don't get me started on your last name. Uh, um. Yeah, I mean it, it's a little bit bold, but if they're gonna be whooping up on people they're going to be up a lot and running the ball a lot at the end of the game and who's going to run the ball in cleveland i mean chubb's really good i think zeke's got zeke's got the better offensive line uh dallas might be more dedicated to the run but i understand i understand your logic i just would have wanted i would have wanted it i would have wanted odds on it to get what you're doing oh yeah i mean it's just a profile pick for a couple of months like it's not like I'm wagering big money on this or anything, and I probably should have. But you know, I was in the middle of shit talking in a chat, and I was like, I bet this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... it's bold, but it, it's like I'm kind of gonna stick to it. Like there, I feel as though there's that good a chance. I'm I'm high on Chubb this year. And I'm just talking about the rushing yardage too. Like Zeke is gonna outperform in, in fantasy. I'm not, you know. Saying Chubb's going to outperform in fantasy. It's just the rushing yards. Chubb, Chubb is uh, for a big guy. He gets to the line of scrimmage as quick as anyone I've ever seen, and that's why you see him breaking off seventy, eighty, ninety yard runs because he just gets to and through that line of scrimmage so quickly that if there's a seam, he he's gone. <laughs> And and, uh, and and look, I got nothing against Zeke Elliott. He's a good running back, but you know Zeke is more of. A, I don't think that Zeke has that gear that uh, that uh, Chubb has. 
I like the way you think. I uh I I killed the draft. I think I I killed the chat. Um, hold on one I'm second. I'm still here. Steven's still here. I'm pulling yep, up I, the uh le- the odds to lead the league in rushing as we speak. That'll be fun. Great way to put everyone to sleep. No, just kidding. No, but I think because I I think I was just looking at this earlier because I. I bet I was looking at rushing yards. Zeke is three to one to lead the league in rushing yards. He should be. Uh, Chubb is twenty six. Fifteen. I was going to say fifteen. Twenty six. If you want to hear a crazy, (laughs) I gotta get it. I got it. I gotta get into some prop bets. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Insanely, Devontae Freeman, Lamar Jackson, and Leonard Fournette are all tied at thirty one to one. What? Oh, oh, Lamar oh, Jackson's oh. tied with Freeman and Fournette at thirty-one to one. Oh my lord! I would say that Todd, Fournette Henry is thirty-one to one is not bad. Lamar What's Jackson Derek is not Henry? leading the league in rushing. <laughs> What's Derek Lamar Henry? Jackson will die before he leaves the league in rushing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Henry seventeen to one. Played sixteen games. It would have been like thirteen hundred yards last year. All right. Here's the deal. If anyone can guess this player. Without cheating, if you cheated, I'll know. I won't really know, but I'll have a sense. I'll give him ten bucks. Who is, according to FanDuel, the third most likely player? So Zeke and Barkley are one and two. Who's the third most likely player to lead the league in rushing? According to third FanDuel, most likely. Holy shit! Uh, who gets Chris Carson? The guy who drafted him after Rashad Penny. All right, well, uh, do me a favor. Um, who, 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 actually, like, who actually said it, though? Because there's a bunch of people that were guessing. Uh, no, no Tim, Tim uh, pick 11. Rhino. Tim, all right, Tim, do me a favor. Can I you know. DM me on Twitter? If if I don't follow you, just tell me, tweet me to follow you, and I'll, I'll send you 10 bucks on PayPal. Because I can't believe no, no, you no. guessed Chris Carson. I, I, I can't believe that Chris money. Carson is third. No, I agreed. I, 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 I like talking. I, I, I don't need your money. Okay, I just want to say cool. that I I I I appreciate you not making me give you ten bucks, but I would have given you ten bucks because I said it. I but, believe you. I appreciate the offer to pay. It, it, no, no, thank you. I can't. I cannot believe that Chris Carson. He's is gonna match third. Chris Carson. I can't believe he went after Rashad Penny. I like Penny a lot. I was last year. I was way overboard on Penny, <clears> but. Like what you guys were saying earlier, like the ex-girlfriend. I'm drafting Carson this year, even though I love Penny more. Well, I think yeah, that I'm uh, weird. I'm like I like both of them, but Carson's a little bit more expensive, so I'm going more Penny. I think Miles Sanders is remaining. I think Miles Sanders is the Penny of this year. Um, a guy who you Sanders. know, I have zero and will have zero. Of what? Miles Sanders. Of Miles. I will have zero shares of Miles Sanders this year. I have zero shares through 140, 50 drafts right now. I will have zero. Seth? Is that Seth? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I, All the things that made me scared about uh, – all the things the way, that made me – Miles Sanders is tied with Peyton Barber in terms of odds to lead the league in Russia. <laughs> Oh, two of my very favorite players ever. <laughs> um, I cannot believe oh, that Lord. Chris Carson's third. 
That's insane. All right. So we're down to the last four picks. Uh, I want to thank all you guys for taking part in this. Uh, I think we're going to close it up here uh, in in a second. And uh, I wanted to thank uh, everyone. A few people didn't make it, but they drafted. uh, I'm going to go through Brad Kirkland at BC Kirkland is the number one pick. Dominic Rohde uh, is the second one. Dominic, tell people your Twitter because I wrote down your email and I doubt you want me giving that out. Um, what's your uh, What's your Twitter so people can follow you? Dominic. Um, hi, uh, my Twitter is um, Dominic Jake Valsic is at... in the third spot uh, at, at Snoochie S N O O T C H I E V. Mike Sanda, Mike uh, at Mike Sandman number sixty-two. Uh, Caleb Alcorn, I gave his earlier. Elliot, uh, if you're not following Elliot and you're following me, I don't know what you're doing. Um, Brett Kaz out of the eighth spot at FFB Kaz K A Z. Mike Stan, Paradox wins. Seth Inselman is at Seth FFL. Timothy Olson at 19 Rhino and Stephen Young at Dirt Road Boys 57. Uh, Elliot, what's your Twitter? It's Elliot Crest, right? Yep, 1L1T, no H and Crest. Yeah. Um, your, your name's almost as bad as mine. Todd with one D. Um, anyway, uh, that's yeah, going to no, do it. Yeah, no, people used uh, to write, uh, when, I got, when I was born, my, uh, my parents used to get cards and they just wrote a bunch of letters for my name and said, cross out what you don't need. (laughs) Uh, I always tell people I was robbed of a D at birth and it was very traumatic. So uh, that's going to do it for this (laughs) episode. I want to. No wonder you're a big fan of Jeff. Elliot. So uh, that's going to do it for this draft and for this great uh, conversation where uh, I once again am the butt of the jokes. And we will see you probably be two weeks for the next one. And uh, if you want to get in, uh, let me know. I do have a list, but we might have some openings for the next one. Take care, everyone. Thank you very much. And Elliot, thanks for co-hosting with me. Always. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, guys.